Hello, welcome. We're back. This is HLTV Confirmed. I'm a little bit frazzled today. I'm in a bit of a shit mood. I don't know why. I woke up on the right side of the bed. I've worked out. I've had enough to eat. I've hydrated. Things should be good. So let's see if Crystal, our guest this evening, can help turn my bloody shit attitude around. I've already sworn twice. So guess what? YouTube and their algorithm are not going to be happy with that. But welcome to the show. I don't even know what number it is. We'll find out from Prof and Striker in a second then. And before we I do the four. There we yep. go. Four. It is four. Four. This is four. You guys can read that. You can see that. You can all hear it at home. Four. Now, Tonight on the show, we're going to be talking all things ESO1 Cologne, what's happened so far in the first week. You're going to be seeing plenty of my bloody knee. We're talking about any all these roster changes that have been happening. Woxix out. Alex, what the bloody hell is he doing? We've got more rankings, bits and pieces. Uh, we're going to jump into some stuff to do with little changes in Counter-Strike, you know, like flash noises or where the bomb drops. Those little details right there. Uh, so now, without further ado, let me do the introductions. Lucas, we're going to start with you this evening. Lucas, I want you to tell everybody at home what your favorite food is. Uh probably something with rice but uh something with rice not the potato no no it's okay. the most boring answer i've ever said but... rice rice doesn't taste like anything what is that answer i mean it's a good but, answer, but it's good with like chicken and beef it's, it's good with everything so rice and sushi okay but... all right good answer lucas uh it's a shit question if anybody ever asks you what your favorite food is on a date get the fuck out of there second of all prof why is the weather shit in germany right now can you tell me Bro, I don't know. It's shit here today as well. So okay. I think it's just like a global thing. It's happening everywhere. Uh, okay. It's raining in Ukraine. I saw on an Insta story. So it's probably just like a global thing. I guess that's how weather works. I'm just not sure. Just a global not, thing. Yeah. I don't know right. weather, so I don't know. Uh, and Stryker, uh, yep. have you had any dreams in recent times that tell you when we're going back to land? I look at you as the type of guy who goes to bed at night. You know, you're soaking yourself in all the Counter-Strike juices. Maybe Gabe with a direct line to you. He's let you know when we will be allowed to go back to land. Uh, I have to disappoint you. No dreams at all in like two months, as far as I can remember. Okay, no dreams at all in two months, as far as you can remember. We might have to get you some stuff to stimulate that. Crystal, say hi. Hi. And now we're going to run the bumper. Lucas, run the hot seat. Let's do it. All right, we are back. We have Crystal with us here. And let me do a proper introduction. German Counter-Strike player from the source days. I hear plenty of bloody things from Henry G, let me tell you. But Crystal, <laughs> now, he has been playing CSGO for the whole time. He's had many a major appearance. He's uh, 27 years of age. I could even give his birthday away because it's one day before mine, but uh, he's born a couple years after me. But we'll leave that one there. Crystal, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, look, uh, as I said to kick things off, I'm in a <laughs> shit mood, but you're here, so I'm going to smile and we're going to get through this. And I, I saw the other day trending in Germany, there was a thing on Twitter that was hashtag come tribute. Do you have anything to say about that on behalf of no. Germany? No, I, I saw your tweet. I was more happy about the hashtag Pokemon Go. Okay. All right. Yeah. You still playing that or what? Yeah. Okay, shit. You got about one of about six people in the world still on that one. All right, all right, all right. Now let's oh. let's turn this very, very quickly into a Counter Strike conversation because I can derail this thing quicker than anybody likes. Now, uh, for those people who aren't too familiar with Crystal, I don't know where the hell you've been, but most recently you were playing for Godsent. Before that was Smash. You guys were known as No Chance. Before that, it's been a bit of a journey uh, over the last what is it? Probably year. Uh, but your career, it goes all the way back. So uh, what I want to do is, and I had a word to prof about this, because when I was playing at the same time as you, my 
thing was on not being shit myself. So my peripheries weren't too much on the rest of the world. I know that you were playing for like alternate attacks and Penta and then Seed and Sprout and all those kind of names back then. So Prof, do you want to kick it off with the questions about his early career? Yeah, I guess just like get to know him a bit and how he became the crystal he is today. I just want to get some information about like what made you the player you are now. Like, did you have any early influences coming into the scene, starting to compete? Like the things that shaped you as a player that you remember from like the start of CSGO or like Source and stuff like that? Uh, I think that like everyone knows that I was AWPing before, but uh, I was playing with the majority, majority of the German scene already, like Tubson, Speedy and so on. And that was at some point where I was uh, probably the best opera in Germany and I felt really comfortable. And uh, But then it uh, yeah, went downhill a little bit, so I was in a bad mood there and it took me some time to get out of this. So I was, uh, I don't know, I was watching a lot of demos actually and I don't know, I just soaked in whatever I could. I don't really have like a player to watch or that, that like really inspired me. I just like... I don't know. I, if it was me back then, I would have liked to do everything, which is probably also why I'm IGL now. I found myself in this role because I like to take responsibility. And uh, when things don't go the way I like it, then it's uh, frustrating. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I could probably cotton onto this one right here and run with it. So, if you didn't have any influences within the German scene, like, did you yeah. find yourself as a as a bit of an outsider from the from the early stages? Did you always think that you were, you know, maybe not destined to play an international Counter Strike because it wasn't a thing back there, but because you came primarily through Source, right? You were, yeah. yeah. So in Source, for those people who aren't too familiar, um, the German scene always had competitive teams. There was always very competitive teams within the Source scene, but it wasn't like in 1.6 where they had the mouse sports and that kind of lineage and history. It wasn't the same level of domination oh. there. So when you shifted, obviously, from Source into CSGO, were you on the outside with the other players moving along or did you feel like you fit in pretty quickly? Uh, no, I actually, if I remember correctly, I was the only one from back then from Alternate who didn't wanted to play CSGO because Ooh. I didn't like the game. I played the better and I mean, who played the better probably knows what I'm talking about. It was yeah. pretty bad. I remember Nades could one kill you, but yeah, we decided as a team that we were, we're going to try it. And uh, yeah, it felt good after like a few months. If we would have done what Nip did, like Prague even before that, then maybe we would have been at the top earlier. But uh, yeah, there isn't much to say. I, uh, Okay. I, uh, I I just wanted to play competitively again, and I sh I grinded my way into CSGO, even though I didn't like it at first. But now I love it, obviously, again, and for a long part already. So. Yeah, so it's come a long way, and you've come a long way as well, right? So if we go back to the early days of Penta and the early mages that we were talking about, um, your the results back then for everybody, right? It was. It was it was a new frontier for all of us. Um, so when when you reminisce and you look back on those days, is there anything that sticks out? Because I know for me, for example, I think, oh shit, I wish that we had like practice in this way. I wish I approached it as an in-game leader or a captain in this way with my team. Is there anything that sticks out to you as like not a regret, but something that if you could tell yourself back in two thousand and fourteen to do something differently or to approach something differently, is there anything that sticks out for you in that regard? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think what I only like maybe in the last three years learned for myself is that am I allowed to swear? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. But okay. <laughs> okay, like you should not give a shit about anything what people are writing in like forums. Like it's mostly anyways people that don't have that much uh, 
knowledge or understanding of the game than you do or like in my case as i do anyways it's mostly like people that watch it as uh, for fun or like maybe they're betting or whatever so the only thing you should really take from like these forums is like the uh, if there's any like constructive criticism but even the good things they're saying like it can get you too comfortable then you then you drop the work ethic and it's also not good but at the same point also the bad things they're saying they have no influence they shouldn't have any influence on to you uh because the only thing that matters is what your teammates think about you at least that's how i think and if my team thinks i'm doing my job good then i'm happy with that if someone in the twitch chat says i'm a bot then okay yeah Fine. okay yeah that's I... first for me i i was really influenced by this back then and i was like worrying a lot over it so uh, back in 2015 when i was playing orb still this was one of the reasons for example why i got into the struggle because i felt pressured like ah, okay i'm not performing anymore my i need to have more impact with the orb and like yeah i just went downwards from there if i would have known this earlier that it's just important that you keep believing in your team and your teammates then it would have maybe been different maybe i would still be orping today but yeah, it formed me to who I am today. Yeah, I want to give a bit of a sidebar because I've recently gone through a bit of a uh, self-therapy session in two and a half months isolated alone on an island in the middle of nowhere where I knew nobody. Um, so I can resonate extremely with what you're saying right here. And the problem with uh, all of this stuff is I was thinking about it a lot. I was like, if I told myself all that stuff as well, and I go and tell other people, right? Like I have like colleagues who get berated on the forums and stuff all the time. I'm like, hey, just don't read that shit. Uh, but it can consume you, right? That's the thing. It is It is such a, such a massive... Uh, we are more connected with social media than other people in fields who are similar to us, right? Like the yeah. way that Counter-Strike players and esports people are connected to social media, it's so it's so tight-knit. Everything we do is on Twitter and we're all using Instagram and all this kind of shit. And the thing is, sticks and stones, you know, they may break your bones, but words should never hurt you. But that's not true because words do fucking sting. Now, anyway, before I get too preachy, I'm in one of those moods today, um, let's let's move it forward a little bit because you, when you were, were in the first Penta situation, uh, it, it didn't didn't go the best for you. Uh, you got a little bit of uh, left behind, I think, is, is the termino ter terminology you're using for it, right, Prof? Yeah, and let's yeah. just test it. Is my sound fine now, or is it still? No, I think so. Okay, so it was kind of shit at the beginning. But yeah, like your, your career kind of had a couple of these moments, a lot of them maybe, uh, where you're just either left behind, kind of backstab, and there is obviously the whole meme with your AK that you titled uh traitors, traitors with all of, the, <laughs> all of the former teammates which is next uh, next pd and dennis who left for for mile sports took the major spot after that uh dreamhack winter 2014 major where you had an like upset playoff run oh how much of that was just a meme how much of was was it did you really feel like left behind and kind of mad about the whole situation right yeah, I mean, back then I still was like a little bit younger than I'm now, so I was probably also acting a little bit more childish. If this would happen nowadays, I would probably not create like a traitor AK, maybe as a meme, but not like as a personal <laughs> like revenge or something. But yeah, back then I felt really betrayed, like I got traitored or how I called it back then. And uh, yeah, I just felt really bad, like I said before, like it, this was also a turning point in my career before that I wasn't IGLing or I didn't even consider it. and. Yeah, it just was like, if I remember correctly, this was even one of my best lands, I think, when we made a top eight to the major. We won against LGB. It was the first time I actually took over the IGLing because we played them before in the same map we lost. And so I thought, yeah, guys, I have a good feeling. Let me call. 
And I called, I top fragged, we made top eight. I was really happy even after the LAN. I was really glad we did it. Yeah, and then uh, I got home and then, yeah, we're going to go to the mouse. Yeah, bye. Ugh. And then I felt like really bad. I just felt really bad. I, I just, I'm the type of person that like always looks at himself that why things aren't working out. Uh, I'm not really pointing fingers that often. So I was just feeling, feeling really bad back then. And, but yet again, like I said, it's made me the person that, like, that I am today. If this wouldn't have happened, then maybe the teams that I played before wouldn't have had the success they had with me as an IGL. Like, who knows? But it's just how it is. So why do you think you were kind of overlooked by Mousepars? Because you're one of the... You're one of the few people who have been around for this long and never played for mouse sports in Germany anyway. So yep. uh, I do think that never, you know, came up uh, in a discussion or was there a chance for um, you to, to join mouse sports at any point? Uh, no, there wasn't. There were, I think there are two factors to why that is. One is that obviously uh, there was only one other really good German IGL back then in mouse, which was Scott B. So there wasn't even a, a, a consideration to replace him. Uh, and the other was that uh back then like not saying i'm an asshole now but i was way too nice back then and i always tried to put everyone in the team in front of myself uh even with my uh our team uh psychologist that we have now he said that i'm i'm very much of a people pleaser which can be good and bad but it has good qualities and like bad things and uh yeah back then i guess uh it got abused more than it is getting abused today since i am not that childish or not naive or how you say it anymore and uh, yeah okay. it was just always i put people into the spotlight i guess which is still what i'm doing now but now it's what i said like my team actually understands uh, and sees the value i have do, which is do, which is why i'm grateful for yeah. do you hold any like and and this you don't have to answer this one if you don't want <laughs> like i i if I was in your position, I would probably still hold a little bit of resentment to the players who just like up and left. Do you still like, are you on good terms with those guys or do you, do you talk to them at all? Or is it basically just, yeah, they're other Counter-Strike players? Um, well, I don't have anything against them personal anymore, but I would never play with them again. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it sounds harsh, but I know it's just a waste. It would be a waste of time. Like I, I gave them basically a second chance and, uh, uh, sprout or seed or how we call it uh, yeah. Yeah. because uh, the slot belonged to Sen, Innocent and me and uh, yeah I gave them a second chance to see maybe it changed but uh, yeah if you have the a certain image of a person once it, it's very hard to change it and for example Dennis and me we will, all, we will never be good teammates together <laughs> there's always like uh, some tension between us so yeah again it is what it is uh, I'm happy to wait this now and we are in our separate ways. Okay. Well, my question, it. my question then is for like obviously there are difficult periods after that. There's the Penta team with you mentioned Innocent, uh, uh, Zen, Sunny that also did have a good good major run, and then that kind of fell apart with players being picked apart, like Sunny going to Mouse Sports and stuff like that. Again yeah, to Mouse Sports, yeah. again from Penta <laughs> to Mouse Sports. Uh, frozen. Uh, were, there, were there moments yeah. where you're like? Like fuck this, I'm gonna retire or just leave yeah. or go pursue some something other in esports. Like, were there moments like that? Yeah, I had this two or three times already that I was like, like it's just um, like as IGL or captain, like not maybe not everyone can relate to this, but maybe you chat can uh, uh, understand that it's really annoying if you like started to build like the foundation of a team and you start to get better and better and then one player gets picked then okay we need to get a fifth we need to like go over everything we have already 
get the system running again, and then one month later, another guy gets picked, and then we get need to get like basically you're doing the same thing in one year for three times, and this was like like I don't know, I was like ah oh, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore, and yeah, it was uh it got to this point at some point, but I I am very much of a hard worker as well, which is good for me, I guess, and I didn't give up and. Uh, yeah, I just worked through it. It was tough, but yeah, I knew if I worked through it, it would be even better. Yeah, I think I was lucky, mate. I I was the guy who was at the top of the food chain. I was the one stealing all the other players. So for me, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that uh, I didn't have to go through that bullshit right there. But um, like in terms of you know getting to a breaking point, like Prof was just saying, did you ever did you ever get to a point where you did just think you were going to quit? Like, or have you always, like because being the hard worker, you're saying that, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, it was like this. Uh... Maybe I didn't make it clear, but it was definitely, I don't know when it was, but it happened two or three times that I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I even didn't enjoy going to practice anymore. I remember it was after the Penta thing with the Major happened, where I was playing with Tubbs and Tarzin. Uh, I don't know with who else it was, but one of the Penta lineups. And then, obviously, after the uh, Mouse Sports thing again in 2017, when we made it all the way to the Major from nothing, and uh, then Sunny went to Mouse, and I think HS went to Optic back then. Uh, yeah, I felt really bad there as well, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, it, I don't know. It was, I don't know actually why I kept doing it. I just forced myself do the good, I guess. It's Counter Strike yeah. is a hell of a drug, I guess. Uh, because after that, <laughs> you went, you had that period where you went to like North America to play with Ghost, you played with yeah. Imperial for a short period of time, and then you went and played with No Chance, made that team with Michael Ella, kind of, uh, and then played in that team for like a year without any salary. Yeah. And you went through all of that after all of this shit that happened. So w why did that no chance team work? And how did you even like, how did you sustain um, yourself for, for so long without a real organization? Yeah, I was actually, right? I think that was an HLTV news that I was coaching the big academy team uh, during the period where I was in no chance since I, we didn't have any contract. So the only money I was getting was via stream or uh, yeah, big academy coaching money. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It was... Uh, I don't know, it was just, we had really hard workers in the team that went through a similar thing that I went through before. So we all knew what it was like, I guess. And uh, yeah, I got reunited with Zen as well, uh, which I've played probably the longest now, if I'm counting over all days. And uh, yeah, it was just really fun because I it felt for me that the, the, these people are actually playing with me that because not only they want to play with me and they appreciate me as a player, a person, but also because they want the same thing, which is very important. I think that everyone wants the same thing. And I had this, for example, when I was in other teams, uh, I think when I was in Rogue for a few months in America, in America, I had this, this was actually the only time where I had this feeling that the people don't really want to play for the win, but just for the money. And oh. I didn't really like it at all. And if this is, if you get this feeling, then it's not good. Yeah, so, I think that, uh, yeah. that that might be a problem that I think a lot of teams maybe or players face in North America, right? Because they can make really good money over there yeah. and just kind of coast, at least at a certain level. But with the big academy coaching stuff, that's actually quite a curious little point there. Did, did you, 
uh, doing that, did you learn anything that you've been able to bring forward and use um, with with Godsent and your current roster or the current way that you approach the game? Like, did it was it was it a good experience to sit back and have all these players to micromanage and and kind of teach? Yeah, it was actually fun to like. Uh, I, I sometimes called rounds like fully from within like spec when i said guys i want to try this maybe it works and like it was just good to see like a different angle and i like their igl seeing it from his point of view with like okay why isn't he calling this right now even though his teammate on this position gave him this info like it was good to like uh get like i don't know how to explain it, but to see like the the reactions of everyone on the server and compare them to mine and yeah, it was also good to like manifest what I already know about the game because I always said, yeah, guys, it's 5v3 now, try to play trades, no more risks needed, blah, blah, blah. And I just like, uh, I like, like kind of like, uh, how do we say it? Like a kindergartner, I just told them, sure. no, yeah, just like a little bit out of, out of the back, like uh, supervising them basically. And it was like, it helped me a lot in like, uh, under, like seeing how important the basics are, like trading or information, like, I remember one example where uh, they played overpass and they were T side and the, the B lurker they didn't call for three rounds that they're not using B monster utility, and then either they need to change the style towards B, pressure it that they make them use utility or they abuse it and contact it or something. Okay. And stuff like this that it's like very important. Like I, I saw that it's very important that every single member of a team from the spect spectator position like has this. Uh, impact and that only the IGL can call good if the players give him good information. Right. So this was what I learned from this, I guess. That's cool. Because I, I always had like issues as an in-game leader um, being in like the bubble of Australia and stuff. And then we're, even when we were competing and living in North America, it's very difficult to, you don't go to other in-game leaders and you all sit down and you have a talk about the way that you think you should approach the game and stuff, right? Like you're all learning at your own pace and the influences that you get are, are pretty far and like the... I remember I had a couple chats like Sean Gares gave me some information on like how to like anti-strat a bit better and all those kind of things. This is we're going back a long time now. Um, or I remember I had like with with Devil Walk and the Fnatic team back then. I got stuck in a house with them and I got to pick their brains a lot and ask some questions there. So for you, who's kind of been like bouncing around from from different teams and having to rebuild teams with different pieces. Have you had to constantly change the way that you think about the game, or are you still kind of running it in a in a similar fashion uh, as you have been? No, I would definitely say I always evolved more. Like how, like for example, when one slow uh, Devilbok uh, joined us as coach, he had like a lot of ideas that he brought from Fnatic, or like like everyone has like a certain CS philosophy, mm. and uh, uh, I also believe that at a certain point the longer you play, you will not like get better mechanically wise. So the only thing you can improve on is like the mindset or like understanding the game in a different view. So he helped me a lot of like making his ideas my own. So I, and it has happened in the other teams as well. When I played in America with Ghost and with Steel, he was basically the real IGL I ever played under because I was, I think I'm one of the only German players that didn't play with God B. So the most things that I know, I, I learned myself, I guess, or with the help of others and like piece them myself together in a way that's working for me. Uh, so yeah, when whenever there's some, that's why I'm also a very open person. So if someone approaches something different than me, it's not like, no, this is bad or this is wrong. I just try to see why he thinks like this and maybe I can like adapt to it or maybe change it a little bit to my own style, which is what I'm doing mostly with, with the teams I, I play. Like if there's someone who has an idea or 
the way he wants to play, I try to figure out how we can use it in a system or for the team so it makes sense. Not that he, so that he isn't frustrated, that he cannot play the way he wants to, but also that I don't, uh, that I call the way that's appropriate for everyone. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we have anything on the past stuff before we get into the present striker and prof? Not in particular. Oh. Okay. Well, okay. Wait. What I had one thing that from from the start is kind of a jokey question, but you were talking about the fan um, fan pressure and stuff like that. So yeah. my question is how how was it to play against the uh, alongside the legend Solik? Solik. I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it became a meme, unfortunately, in the end, but. In CSGO, he just wasn't that good anymore. Like, he is really, like, he was probably one of the best teammates I ever had. He's really funny, always cheering up, positive vibes, making the team, like, calm down when there's, like, stress. But in CSGO, he just didn't play as good as he was in Source. And Source, he was really, really good. And, uh, yeah, if I actually, I haven't really thought about that much, actually, like, how he <laughs> called in C, like, how he called, because he was the call, my caller in CSS. Uh, I didn't think about it too much, actually. Maybe I, I need to think about it. <laughs> There's a different uh, game. Yeah. Mate. Don't think about uh, that shit. Fucking hell. Saw strats. We but were I always just had running a good around with him. That's what I can say. Okay, a good team spirit. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to look at the the more uh, I guess current roster of Godsend. Now we won't get too stuck into the Makaleli drama. I think we've almost beaten that horse to death on this show. Um, we've had some fun with it though. That was really funny at the time. Um, but if we're going to look at the, the team as it is. Uh, you've obviously added Farley as the most recent addition, which feels like was some time ago now. Um, and how things have been trending for the squad, obviously we'll get stuck into the opportunity that didn't come your way with ESO one Cologne a little bit later in the show. But going into the second half of the year, how are things feeling from the Godsend camp? Are you guys, I, I don't want to ask, doing well in practice, but are things looking good? Um we are still right now at the moment at this phase where we like need to get back to getting all our like uh synced up plays like uh getting back the feeling of how to approach a certain map and stuff like this we're still like not back to the fully focused godsend from before the player break but we are we're moving forward i would say like it's not been too bad it's not been super good but it's more on the positive trend i would say Right is, now. There, is there anything that sticks out from what happened in the first half of the year? Because obviously changing an AWPA is, is, is quite a, a big role to um, change within the team. You mean like in comparison before well, Michael? Or? Well, actually, yeah, let's do that. What The comparison between the two AWPAs, obviously we had Makaleli uh, come in for some interviews on some of the broadcasts we were doing for the RMR event and uh, Pro League and that kind of stuff, I think it was. And he was saying that there was two maps he wasn't comfortable AWPing on. Uh, I think they were Nuke and Vertigo. Yeah. So obviously, Farley, he seems like he's confident opening everywhere, right? Yeah. Like, uh, actually, he said uh, that he didn't like this too in the beginning, but he he even said like he doesn't understand why he's so good on it now. But I guess we are just good fit together, everyone. So the before with Michael, it was more like if you compare the two, um, we sometimes we needed Michael to take more risks or like get opening duels or to create space or like make them slow down their default ST by interrupting them with the orb. And yeah, this was sometimes a problem because he was more like a station, stationary AWP or like holding an angle or like taking an area with support of his teammates and then holding the angle. Uh, and Farley is more like, yeah, he's more like a hybrid AWP or he does both. And it has been a good fit to the team because he creates uh, more openings than before, I would say. And also CT side, especially on Nuke, like you mentioned, like we had a big issue there before and on how to figure out how to use Michael in, a, in the most effective way. 
And I think right now it's really good that uh, we have Farley on our city side nuke. Like it's just really helpful to have him. All like it feels like he's always in the area of the map where he needs to be. Like he instinctively moves to where the next danger might be. So we're like if it's a round hits like the 50 seconds mark, then he's not like in CT spawn anymore. But he's more like positioned where the potential uh, next attack might be. So, so he's not someone you need to like micromanage on. Not the map. that much, no. That's pretty good for a player so young, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a really good. Yeah, that's why his name is Farley. Dangerous. Yeah, much, but yeah, he has a really good feeling on uh, when to do plays and when not. All right. Uh, so, so I suppose one of the other questions here, Prof, you want to ask about your boy? Is it is it Maiden? Is it Madden? Which how, which one is it meant to be? I don't know. He doesn't know. We he don't know either. either. <laughs> no, we can say either. Yeah. I always call him Pavel, even though his name is Pavle <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> but no. I always call him Madden, just because okay, Madden. Like, yeah. people people do that here because that that's how you you would read it if it was like Croatian or Serbian or whatever, even yeah. though it doesn't mean anything. So I, I don't know. I, I have no yeah. idea. But yeah, like how did how did he fit into the? Even though I wanted to ask about Stiko actually, but but let's okay, let's, let's talk put, about it, put it aside for for now. How how did the young Montenegrin fit um, into the team? Like th was he kind of a wild card when he dropped into the team? Because that that was kind of I guess early on his his I don't know renome here in the in the scene. He was kind of a classic young young star that was maybe gonna be good, but not one of the like super highly touted players when he was like two three years ago so no i think uh like i personally don't have anything really i don't know bad to say about him he's a really good player he's young he is uh really willingly to learn new things he openly says what he thinks but in a way that we can uh, like not like nah, like whining or something but more like we need to do this we cannot let them do that whatever like he openly voices always what he thinks and uh in the beginning, uh, we needed to figure out a little bit, which is what I, meant early, I mentioned earlier, how to use him the best way for the team. So uh, in the beginning, we tried to use him more as like fully entry, but uh, he even said himself after like a few weeks that he would prefer it to be more like the, the guy that goes in second to trade people. But if he, decide, if he decides he has like a feeling he wants to go first. So him and me are more like a duo, like... Uh, if he doesn't know where to go somewhere on the map, I just give the plan, yeah, let's go here. I go first, you trade me, for example. And if he has a feeling, then I adapt to him. So he has a lot of like deciding power as well. Like if he has a feeling, we just play on him sometimes or create chaos on the map, let him drive in the scenarios, which he's good in. And yeah, I think he's a really good player. There's not much else to say. Do you want to ask that follow-up about Stiko? Let's, let's go, yeah, let's talk about Stiko because he's, Kind of a weird situation as a player as i mean not not in your team in your team has been pretty consistently good but coming from hellraisers then going to like mouse Mouseports cloud nine and then back to back to europe and god sent no chance kind of a lot of change for him as a player how do you see him how is he like as a teammate now because he used to be like the fully dedicated support player mp9 dropping up to oscar play no kevlar and stuff like that and now yeah. He seems like someone that has a, a pretty different vision of the game and how he approaches and stuff. Is how, how is he as a teammate? Um, yeah, I think because uh, I'm I'm more like the guy that helps the team with whatever it needs. And Martin Stuko was in the same shoes before, 
he uh, kind of understands uh, what it's like. So he, I, at least I think he appreciates the way I play for the team as well. And he especially also is very good at supporting, even when like he, he can shift very fast from doing the plays from, to like knowing what he needs to do to support his teammate or how to like uh, put them into the position. Like let's say he created a space somewhere, then he knows how to like, once he abused like his timing or whatever, to put the others in the and good into good positions in after plans for example he coordinates a lot like play on my contact you do this you flash when i have this whatever uh yeah and he's just a really good pistol player overall he's very calm yeah, i don't know I, the other teams probably used him wrong in my eyes like he he can be a star player and right now he is and he's doing his job really good and also outside of the server like he brings in a lot of ideas to our theory uh takes a big part in it with lofa uh, devil walk and, still uh, using the nickname. They've still got. They've still got that for him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I remember all those back in the day. Yeah, there there was some weird Swedish nicknames. Bloody hell. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between you and Stiko, To be honest, I think his problem was exactly the same as you were saying earlier with you know being too nice, being too like uh, put into all the bitch positions and being okay with it and stuff like that. And then like one one day in mouse sports or like when he came back into mouse sports after snacks replaced him and he came back, he kind of realized that's not what he can do. And I feel like that's 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 yeah. the turning point for him. Yeah, that's also what he voiced a lot. That he, he even said it to us when we joined that he doesn't want to just uh, when he joined us in no chance. He said that he doesn't want to join our team just to play support. He just want he wants to have more impact and take more responsibility in his role because he believes in his abilities. And uh, yeah, to be honest, he, like I remember when he joined that team and I messaged him. I'm like. What are you doing, man? Like, is this your career now? Is it you're going to this team? Like, all like ex washed up players, not literally, but like it didn't look good for him. And he's like, okay, I'll do my best, see what happens. And now they're like a top 20 team. So a lot of these teams, like players that he used to play with are not in the same position, are in worse positions than, than he is now. Oscar, even Sonny with Vance and other, other guys that kicked him snacks. All of these guys are not really in the in great positions now, so it kind of worked out for him. But I was like super skeptical. I think most people were when when that happened. But he turned it around, so good for him. Yeah, maybe he realized mouse sports is a curse. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, well, we'll get to that later. Don't you worry. Uh, let's do this. Let's wrap this one up. And we'll I wanted keep... to ask oh, one more, sorry. One more get thing, just because when we had Pronax on, obviously he kind of revealed that like hidden thing that you were out of the team for like a few oh, days yeah. or something before Shit. before they realized that they they <laughs> yeah. just needed you back uh, can you yeah. go through that what was that like um yeah, i don't know it was i think we didn't play that good and there were some i actually can't recall what the issue was but for example what uh, devil walk always said that i have really like the way i play is good and my calling is also good but i need to improve on the midfront calling so uh calling from spawn or like abusing patterns i was good at but he said i need to improve on other things and we gave it some time and it didn't work out that well so they tried someone else uh but then yeah i just i can just say what they told me they realized that uh, not only my calling was important for the team and they need needed me that uh yeah like i said before it's just what like i don't know if this is what they said but I, like i said i just play for the team always like i try to put people in their comfort zone even though it means that I don't, i'm not in mine mm. But uh, yeah, we even talked about this recently that 
we talked when I was we were talking about playing F actually because we were talking about the game he was playing against Navi and that he always is very consistent. And then I said, yeah, I watched the podcast before as well. And then I said, yeah, I would probably also get more kills if uh, not as a flame, but we just talk, talked about it like normally that that Plan F sometimes uh, puts himself into like the third position going in or lurking position as a caller, which I don't do that much. Uh, and then, but then Lofa Devil Walk, sorry, said that, uh, yeah, but we don't need me in like these positions because we have Stuku as clutcher. He's like super good in clutching, uh, maybe as good as Kryptonix. I would like. He's really good in clutching. He's, so many rounds he won. One v three, one v four. Then we have Maiden, who shouldn't go uh, first in because he is super good at like trading and getting the double refrag. Then we have Sen, who is super good at lurking and abusing like this uh, timings and the lurk. Like we have, we have everyone so good in this role. So I just I'm glad that I I, I will just go first. Uh, I decide where we go as a caller, anyways, and they just trade me. I put them in good positions and yeah. That's, okay. I mean, that's Blame, how we work. Blame F even said himself that he kind of yeah. baits his, he baits his teammates sometimes, and he doesn't even think yeah. he has like good yeah, aim. He the, thinks he has yeah. shit. It goes the other uh, way he, there. Yeah, he said that. Yeah. If I remember correctly, he said that he he likes to be in this deciding moments, and he is a good clutcher, I think, from what I saw. But if you have someone like Zuko in a team, it would like be wasted to send him in first, for example, or not let him lurk. So, yeah, that's like we have a good functioning system. So this is why I also don't have many or like not that many often kills like like the chat always says and uh, which is fine for me i like i don't care you're winning i know i'm going first i kill one i call this the other two pavel goes out i mean martin goes out kills him then we have yes lurking during the round like i don't care this is fine no, for me no you're right yeah. you're right and uh, if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing right and things have been looking up and up for godsend so do we have any more questions striker or prof or are we good for now we're good all right, let's keep it moving. Lucas, roll the recent news. All right, well, we are back with the recent news, and this is where we, uh, I was going to say stick into, that doesn't make any sense. This is where we jump into uh, all the bits of You've been and talking to those Instagram girls for way too long, man. Instagram girls. Oh, dude, not instant. You know what I mean. Don't even get me started on how absolutely barren my fucking DMs are looking, mate. I'm getting old. <laughs> no one is interested in a 31 year old fucking Counter Strike analyst. Let me give you the hot tip. Uh, I see you're baiting. Not even, not just for coaching jobs, but now also for like mate, girls. How many and girls your, do DMs. you think are watching the HLTV confirmed podcast? I think I it's about it was like, like five percent or something like two that. Two or three yeah. percent, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not out here trying to look for anything. If anything, I should. And they're like ninety percent underage, so don't Jesus. don't get involved with that. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, don't slide into my DMs. Stay the fuck away. I'm mentally tapped in the head. But what else is mentally tapped in the head is north, um, because something over there in the water, it doesn't work. But they're trying a new little ploy. Uh, <laughs> they've added a Swede, so now. <laughs> They have uh, Jumpy as the coach, right? We already knew that one. That one's happened. And uh, now Lecro has joined the squad uh, as uh, I don't know what type of role they're going to be looking to put him in uh, with this team. Obviously, before when he was in NIP, he was taking over the in-game leadership duties. But before that, in his previous Swedish rosters, he wasn't doing the in-game leading stuff. He was more of just, uh, I guess let's call him like a glue player. You know, he was doing everything that he needed to do for the team uh, as a rifler. 
has some good deagle clips right there. So maybe him and AZ, they could be best friends. That could be cool. But the roster over there, if you're not too familiar, ladies and gentlemen, just for everybody playing at home, it's Gade, MSL, Cajun, B, AZ, and now Lecro. Um, so we know that the languages are kind of similar in some way. I don't know. It's like magic to me that it works and they can talk to each other. But do we see, and I'll start with you here, Striker, do we see Lecro as a good fit for North? I think he's going to do okay, but I, I just don't see this as a solution, especially like as a replacement for probably your best fragger. That that was Kirby. I just don't see how they're going to have enough firepower for um, in this team at this point. Like Rikro like, is going to do okay. He's going to be he's going to be a solid fit for I feel like almost any team. Like you're, he's going to be able to fill in most positions pretty okay. But he's not going to be amazing. He's not going to get this team into the back into the top ten. It's not going to be the difference that they needed. The thing is, like, even if he is on the same level as, like, Kierby was in his, like, good form the last year, like, 110 rating, something like that, just, like, talking about, like, a number, that is still not good enough for North. Like, if they had that and they didn't do well, they're, like, top 25 in the world, not where they want to be. So, from that perspective, it's kind of meh, especially because they're going to be talking this, like, Swedish, Danish, whatever combination. It's probably not going to help either. And then it's just like the other players are not exciting either. It's just like, okay. I am curious about where he's going to fit in because I don't think, I don't see him just uh, replacing KRB one for one. I guess he could, like, I mean, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like they're going to move things around and I'm curious about how. Yeah, I mean, obviously the issue was also just like them not, not, not picking up far like when he was available. Like that was the obvious thing for North bringing in a, a AWP player, Danish player. They kind of slept on that and Crystal's guys came in, picked him up, and now they're kind of stuck there with, I don't know, not not an exciting roster with like Gade and Cajun B, both kind of okay players. Then you have also MSL, AZ. Like not, none of these guys like scream winning titles in 2020 or 21. I'm just playing with some audio settings, so hopefully it's not too bad now. But uh, that's the thing, right? When we look at them on paper and, and we look at it from the pundit chair, we don't think as North as a, as a threatening team, right? For you, Crystal, when you look at North as a potential opponent, what, where do you put them on the level of, oh, shit, we have to be really worried about these guys? Uh, I think our last officials against them, we won. So I can just say what I can compare the, our practices uh, from before Lecro and after Lecro, I guess. Okay. So I don't think there hasn't been much of a style change. So I think they're still playing the same way from what I felt like in the practice. Uh, yeah, I'm also not really sure uh, in what role Lecro will play, but I can imagine that maybe since you, like you mentioned, he was forced into the IGL role, maybe he can help out with uh, some other things that we as spectators don't see. Maybe micromanaging a little bit, helping MSL out. I don't, I don't know. I think it's more like a future pick, like. It will not pay off instantly, I think. So, like, MSL teams from a player's perspective, uh, does it seem... And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make this sound bad because I think MSL is a good call and I think he can always set up very good structures and stuff within the teams that he's in. But it, when I watch it, it always feels like... And this is, and this is self-deprecating. It always feels like I know what he's going to call because that's what I would call. And I obviously haven't been playing now in many a year. Um, so does it feel, does his style feel predictable at all? Or am I just um, reading into things a bit strangely? For, for me, his style feels like very team orientated. Like there's not a lot of like chaos happening or like things that like 
yeah, let's just use the smoke here. Let's pop flash three guys behind it and go for kills or something. That's not mm. something he would call, I would assume. Or it doesn't feel like it, at least for me. When we play them, it's very, like, stage one, we do this. Stage two, we do that. And then stage three, we either fake it, second wave, execute. Like, it feels very, um, yeah, not predictable, but it doesn't feel pressuring for you as a CT, I would, I would say. So you kind of know what to, not that you know what to expect, but you know which game style you're going to get, right? It's not too yeah, much outside you, of the box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't get caught off guard, I guess. That's yeah, kind of Yeah, kind it's not like feeling. this, uh, like for example, Team Spirit, they can call, get you caught off a lot. They do surprising things that you're like, ah, what is he doing? Why is he in the smoke? Pushing it and yeah, stuff like this. I don't feel like you would get this from uh, a team like North. Okay. That's my, my personal feeling. Do, do you think, like, just just a general question, is that something you have to, like, that is my opinion, that nowadays you have to have that element to be, like, a top team. Even, like, in Astralis, when they play, like, super solid CS, also had that feeling, like, sometimes they just execute or throw, like, two flashes, go through a smoke, or someone does some play. Is that something that you think every team needs to have nowadays? Uh, I think every team should have some certain random factor. So you don't get, like... Uh read very easily and like for example i had this discussion with devil walk because what what let's say you play around like this where it's like kind of random or like risky or like surprising like what is the counter to that what would the cities think like they cannot really like what do you do if a guy just runs through a smoke and kills two like what is your adaption like you don't gain any like information of this that you can use for the future rounds like yeah don't get caught off off guard okay but i mean <laughs> you're uh, trying to do that all the time <laughs> yeah so i think it needs to be both ways i think this is also at least my opinion I'm not trying to change the topic but why for example big also has been successful lately that they try to find that they, they figured out a style where they can be more aggressive and surprising early maybe get more not that structured and not that hardcore structured as before with got b uh which i in my opinion plays in into their hands because I think, yeah. I, I, I think I think you're right. The people are still getting caught off guard by how much they're like have one guy on the side and they just randomly group group up and just push one uh, one area, catch people off guard, get like one kill and get an entire site. Like that's been that's been a pretty big yeah. uh um yeah. yeah pretty just, big point of theirs. Yeah. Just basics, yes. Just go out and kill and not like trying to outsmart every round. I mean if you can, it's good that you can outsmart them, but if you don't then yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Striker, do we What's see? Up? I just wanted to go into to just to round out the North thing here. We said that we, you, we, I think I agree with you in the sense that this doesn't feel like it's going to be a game changer for these guys. How long do you think they can just tread water with with this kind of constellation of players? Because they're obviously, they're just going to keep changing, man. Yeah, they have so? been. They have been, and they they're going to keep doing it. I think. Okay. It's yeah. just like it's. This seems like a magic circle with North. They're like trying to fix something. It doesn't work. They change another player. It doesn't really work. They don't really move anywhere. And this is just a yeah. This is a big cycle that I don't think North are getting out of anytime soon. Like they need. I feel like they need like mega big core changes. But they've tried that before, and that hasn't worked either. So it's just it's difficult to see a way out where they can reach uh, bigger heights. Do you think they've missed the wave of talent at the moment, uh, Prof, in Denmark? They have to wait for the next bunch to build up before... I if think they, they probably for... aren't even aiming for the next wave of like Danish talent. I guess okay. they're just looking to go international, as most teams are nowadays. I think this is just their... Like, from that perspective, it's something to look forward to for them, that they can open the gates to pick up different players. And when the opportunity arises, they will do that. Let's say maybe if 
just a random thought. I, I know Ships hasn't been like in the spotlight recently, but when he was, when like that team was in the top 30 or whatever they were playing, he was a good player and now he seems to be on the bench of contact. So maybe he's a player that they can pick up and like rejuvenate stuff. Like maybe he doesn't fit into MSL system or at all, but just randomly giving an example of what they could be looking for down the line. I just think MSL needs to reinvent himself and especially his approach to the opping because I feel like that's that's just been an area where North have been lacking for a long time. And I think that's also where like a lot of the surprise factor comes in um, because obviously his opping is not going to be like super surprising. He's not going to be moving around uh, a, a, a shitload and, you know, surprising people and stuff like that. And that's just something that he needs to incorporate into his playstyle for sure. And it's not going to happen until they get like a, an up and coming opera, I don't think. Well, you look at that team, there's no crazy like entry fragger or anybody to cause yeah. the chaos, right? You would say AZ, but his performances over the last couple of years have been way too up and down to, to make a huge splash. And then Gade, mm, eh. look, I could have seen it for a small period of time, but now when I watch it, I just see him as a guy, you put him in his place and he'll get two kills for you in a passive role, not necessarily such a hugely aggressive one. But Speaking of aggressive players, we'll keep it moving from north because it's a bit of a dead horse over there at the moment. We'll go over to a dead mouse. Uh, Woxic has been benched. Now, this is I, big. Yes, this is big news, and it's come straight off of their first showing from the player break. So this is pretty telling to me that there was potential of this happening before the player break. Prof, what do you make of that? I mean, there is something tied to... They obviously announced like the Bima signing as a sixth player like a week or two ago. I don't know. I was on vacation. It was like at the, so... start, of the, at the start of the new season. It was like okay. the first day of the season or something. That was like 20 days ago. Okay. Yeah. I had a two-week vacation almost. So That's all right. You're allowed to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. So obviously there is some planning and like the way it was described in the report is that like uh, issues... What was the terminology? It wasn't toxic because people are just spamming for some reason, but it's like attitude issues, maybe practice, issues in practice or so something like that. That is not something that happens like in one week and then you bench a player. That was obviously happening for a longer period before the break as well. So they are like, okay, let's sign this player. He's okay. And then let's give it la one last shot. Obviously didn't, didn't turn out well. They, they bombed again. So then they pulled the plug, pulled the trigger on the, on the replacement. That's how it sounds to me. I'm just curious about that. I'm not entirely sure that that's the case, just because from what from what we've heard so far about this change, it's not even certain that Bimas is the is the one who's going to be stepping back in. And that was the whole like um, he's he wants to finish school and stuff like that. I know that Frozen didn't really get to do that, even though he wanted to in Mouse Sports because of how busy they are. Uh, obviously, Robs was able to do that at a time when they didn't play all the big events. They didn't travel every other week or something like that obviously they don't travel now but they, he they also play had like a very can. weird had a weird thing with school where he had like two years he took like one two years to finish one year of school or something yeah, like something that like that he was able super to do flexible it. so yeah and I, I just it just feels like a weird turn of events for me i feel like mouse just like picked up bimas just because they had the chance they knew he was out of phase um he saw they saw him as a prospect that they can use in the future but then like this this Voxic thing came up um, when they realized they weren't going to, going to fix it, fix it at the new season. Obviously, they did. They had a horrible showing in Colo at, the, at ESL One Cologne. They bombed out to uh, to Mad Lions in that last match. That was a pretty horrible um, series from them overall. So I feel like that was like the the, the final nail um, 
but I'm not entirely sure that Bimas is, is the expected uh, replacement at this point, or maybe he is the expected one, but maybe they're still looking. Okay. Crystal, do you think this is the mouse sports curse you were talking about? Or is that for only Germans? <laughs> uh, yeah, normally it's just the players that join mouse uh, and leaving me. Okay. But, uh, no, no. no I, don't actually, I don't actually know what was going on there. Like, I, I spoke to Voxig even before he joined, joined mouse and he asked me for some advice, I remember, because he wanted to go international because he felt like he's stuck in the Turkish scene. So, yeah, it's for, for me, it's very sad to see him benched because I think he's a good player. And from what I have noticed or when I talk to him, he seems like a good guy, really motivated. And, uh, yeah, only thing I can conclude is that maybe it started when they were losing or, like, not placing where they wanted to get placed in the RMR tournaments because they also got... Oh, I think they didn't make the group groups once or twice. I don't actually know. They had some but, pretty poor showings, yeah. Yeah, and I know that they, they were in our group, where the the, the group of death with, uh, I think Maus, G two and uh, Fnatic. Yep. Where we came out first, I think, and they didn't get out. So maybe that turned into uh, played into it as well. The RMR tournaments. So if we just look at the mouse sports roster as it is right now, right, it's clear that Rops has taken over as the main star of that team. Uh, obviously, we know Carrigan doing the entry fragging, in-game leading, kind of opening up space duties for them. Uh, Chris J, if we just assume, I know Striker, you're saying it's not guaranteed that BMS will be taking over that position. But if we just assume that he is, he's just going to have to slot into a rifler role. Um, I don't yeah. know if they want to put him in a supportive position like Chris J, because Chris J, we assume, is going to take over the orping. But hasn't Frozen been having a rough time of it lately? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I feel like the two people that we kind of expected could be changed would be Chris J or Frozen because of performance uh, entirely. So, yeah, that would have been my first choice, obviously. But like this is, I don't think this is performance related at all, uh, not based on everything that we've heard. So, uh, yeah, I just feel like Maus had uh, had a really shitty atmosphere as of late, uh, and that's kind of understandable. Like after like something like five events in a row that they bombed out of the the group stage outside of that uh, charity event, um, you're gonna have a pretty bad atmosphere in the team, and it's just gonna escalate. So this change, even though performance wise it doesn't really make uh, make a lot of sense, I feel like there's very little that wouldn't do Maus Sports some good at this point. Like they they are at a, such a low point. That even even kicking like one of your biggest stars uh, might even make a difference, especially if Chris J kind of like gets a second breath, gets back onto the, on on the op as he had, I don't know how many years ago now before they got Oscar. I think was the last time that he that he kind of primary primary opt. So it's going to be like a role change for him that could uh, reinvigorate him and get him back on in uh, like a, putting up pretty decent numbers. And maybe Frozen if he gets uh, thrown around a little bit because of the role issues. That are I, I think they're that that are gonna um, show themselves with Bimas being added because I feel like they're relatively similar people, Frozen and Bimas. So that could also help Frozen a little bit, you know, um, give him a, a new perspective on things. So even oh. though it doesn't make sense performance-wise, I feel like it might um, help Mouseports. Okay. So, so you striker no no Frozen since he's been like twelve or something. You're lagging as hell. I don't know if that's on my side or is there a chance like. Rough. But we know what he's saying. He said, "You know, have known test, test. Frozen since he's twelve. And he... <laughs> uh, since thirteen, at thirteen, I think is the first time that I met him. Is there a chance that he picks up the Oh, no way. I don't think there's any way that um, he would pick Ooh. up the op over kid. Like, I mean, I could see the, I could see it happening just because like boss are pretty desperate, I guess. But I, I think it's just like obviously going to be Chris J. I think that's just like the obvious solution to me. 
Okay, so not not reinventing the wheel over there. Yeah, it, I don't. It, I don't feel like. I don't think. I don't. I don't even remember Frozen ever playing the op, like any 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 more than like a normal guy who would just like you know pick it up, it up if, if yeah. absolutely necessary or something though it has a good spawn. I don't think he ever was a player who who was inclined towards that weapon too much. All right. Well, we've looked at it from like more the mouse sport side of things, but we don't know obviously the details of uh, Woxic's benching, how much his buyout would be, how long's left on his contract. I I don't know any of that information. But let's live in a world where he could go to another team now. Uh, Crystal, are there any teams that you think could use a star orb at the moment? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, here. You probably never even considered this, so that's a hard no, one. No, I don't. No, I was. I actually thought the same that they probably bench him. He's probably still under contract, and that his buyout must be pretty high. So, if there's a team that would pick him, it has to be one that can uh, afford the buyout. So, uh, I don't know. Face just recently have Brokey. Is Brokey still up? Yeah, Brokey. Yeah. Yep. So that's not an option. I don't know any other team that. I'm could looking at use the him. list. I, I, I was looking at the list, right? And, and like, obviously, Vitality, no, because oh. French. G2, they don't need it. They got Kenny. Uh, Complexity, they're pretty good with Poison right now. You keep going down the list. But I was th- I looked, there's two that stood out to me, right? And this depends on how it goes for Liquid. Uh, I don't know how things are going to trend for Liquid. But, like, Liquid could really benefit oh, from having oh. a Star Orper. And if Gratis Faction doesn't pull up his bloody socks, 100 Thieves could really benefit from having a Star Orper as well. I don't know if either of those sound like oh. good ideas, but otherwise, like, OG don't need an Orper, FaZe don't need an Orper, uh, Genji, Genji? Genji could use an Orper? Anyone? Oh. Just me? I'm, I'm the only one getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they have automatic. I don't know if I'm still lagging. I hope no, you're, you're fine. No, I think you're fine. fine. I think the liquid one makes a lot of sense. Hundred thieves. I don't think he would fit in with those guys at all. Like the, the energy levels are. That's way true. Off. He wouldn't. You're right. <laughs> uh, but liquid, I think it could actually work to some degree. Like that. That would be exciting. Phase as well. Like I know he's he's good with most of the phase players. Like uh, at least with Nico, that's enough to get you on that team. Obviously. So, <laughs> but uh, the, the problem is that they kind of have an idea of where they want to go with the roles right now so kicking brocky or or changing anything would be kind of weird wait we already we solved that we solved the problem we were just talking about the team north right? okay actually yeah that's that's yeah that fits into to what i was saying that they need like a um, an x-factor oh. offer so that might fit actually yeah, but I don't know who they would look to replace in that squad, right? I think Cajun and Gade almost feel very similar roles. Um, MSL, of course, doing the in-game leading. AZ, AZ feels like he's a bloody cat with nine lives. Like, I, I, there's not. I never think <laughs> that he's playing hugely bad, but he's never playing like great, right? It's not the AZ that he, he got hyped up to be in the past. So, all right, it might be a while before we see Woxic playing on a team again, unless he uh, goes down to the lower lower tiers. Now we're almost at nine o'clock. It's already been already an hour. Fucking hell. Let's keep this one moving. This one's really exciting. I know, Prof, you wanted to talk about this one. Envy aimed to add Thomas. <laughs> Who's on Envy at the moment? This is Legia stepped back in, right? Who else is playing for him? I'm Nifty, keeping up. Nifty still Nifty, there? Nifty, and uh, Kallax. I also checked before the show just to be completely honest. Like, uh, oh. That is a team. Are we losing him again? Yeah, I feel like he's he's lagging a little bit again. All right, well we lost him again. But let's 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 just reiterate in case you guys missed it. Is Legia, Mihu, Kalix, and Nifty? I would say right there that Legia is probably going to take over the in-game leadership role. Uh, Mihu 
with a star player meant to be alongside of Calix there. And then uh, Nifty, I guess he's going to keep orping, right? Thomas just that feels the a, most sense. Uh, Thomas feels a feels the orper. Uh, sorry, Thomas feels a, like a, a solid rifler role within the team. Didn't he play with you guys on no chance for a little while, Crystal? Yeah. So what type? Yeah. How do you look at him as a player? Um, I think he has really good aim. He is uh, obviously his communication is good in terms of like you know what he's saying. Yep, um, you'd hope so. You'd really hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, we, obviously we changed him, so there were some issues. But it's not about him actually. It's more about how we how he fit into the team. Uh, I think he's a solid player. Like if he if it's just like like you said, filling in a rifle role, I think he's a good fit. He's just a solid holder. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Sorry. I, I jump in real quick around here. I'm real fucking... Oh, just a solid holder. Like, we, we put him somewhere, he he gets two kills. That's fine. Safe pair of hands. I think that's the terminology yeah. we've been using on the on the desks these days. So, Striker, just looking at Envy as a roster, um, they're European. So yeah, pretty much now. What are we what are we looking at here? Obviously, they're lucky because of the whole. Well, not lucky. Jesus Christ. Uh, because of the global situation, uh, they would be able to if they were all in North America, right? Be able to c- compete within the North American RMR events, right? That's how it works. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's it's all about where you where you reside. It's not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing in the world for Envy if they were to have. I don't know how they did also. actually. Didn't they do like okay in the last armor? Maybe I'm just come crazy, but I feel like they're not doing badly. I feel like they're like, let me check just in case because I I just have that feeling. Actually, no, they didn't. They they're like second lowest. Okay, so basically, and fairly like really far off the the seventh or like the fifth place that they need. So I think they they're already already they're already confirmed out. Okay. Well, yeah, they're like 2,000 to 200 points off or something. I don't think there's any chance. That idea goes out the window, I suppose. But I, I think if we look at it from an organizational perspective, just for a second here, if you are Envy and you have this team and you've already invested this much money, Prof, are you back? Are you still lagging? Have we got you? I guess I'm okay now. Uh, there we go. Now, if you're Envy, Prof, do you keep spending more money in this, getting more visas, bringing more people over, or do you just like get rid of the team you have and maybe pick up the pug gods or some shit? I I don't know. Like, I I think whatever I think doesn't even matter because that is not anything Envy would do because okay. they obviously want want to build their legacy on Nifty for some reason. Oh, that is just like, but whatever. I I would still. I think they have a couple of decent European players now if they pick up Thomas. Even though Thomas is arguably downgrading himself going from like endpoint to a team that is like barely top 100 in the rankings right now and played like four games in the last three months. So that's also a decision. But obviously Envy is going to pay more than endpoint. So that's a good good side. True, that's the money, but you never want to be in that position, right? We'll listen to Crystal about that. We'll, we won't get stuck too much in here. We can keep this one moving. Um, we can talk about this Alex situation now. He's made some cryptic or not-so-cryptic tweets in recent times about having some decisions to make. Uh, we heard that earlier in the year in an interview that he said, you know, he um, correct me if I'm wrong, something about it, playing for a Flashpoint team because there wouldn't be as much travel, right? Because it would just be... Pretty much. So um, he's been out now since what? March, after Katowice. Right after Katowice. Yeah, it was yeah. Like days after Katowice they got cut. So it's been quite a left. long time. So if you're considering a return to Counter-Strike now and you're wanting to look and build an international roster, which is 
what I assume is is his goal, right? Um, you're going to need a lot of backing. Now, FPX is a, a big organization. We know that there. But is it likely that he, he does this? Do we think this is something which will happen? Or is, is Valorant maybe too enticing for these players at the moment, Striker? I think talent talent is going to be the biggest problem for him. It's going to be difficult to get those five players together that he wants. Because it's, it's just... Um... I've heard his buyout that's, is something just absurd. That's also that's also something. But if you have PX, you're probably going to be at least able to buy him out. But the I feel like the problem is going to be more with uh, who do you pick up with him? Because like the talent, I'm not entirely sure what the like. I would like to see a free agents list just to see like the the possibilities. And it's difficult to to get something like that today. Um, but yeah, still, Woxie. I just don't think. Yeah, okay, you have <laughs> yeah, there's there's walks. That's true. There's one. That could work. That's a, that's another half million probably on the buyout. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, well, Back. who knows? Who knows how it is with most sports? Like they're not the biggest torque, so maybe they don't have the like a mega massive buyout. I'm not not entirely sure. But they've also been one of the hardest ones to negotiate, if you remember Sunny and stuff like that. So that's true. So this one here is another weird one, right? This I guess we we'll yeah. breeze over this. We don't have to dig too much in this. We'll wait and see what happens. We'll keep our eyes on Alex. We'll see where he's going. Assessing the ranking update. Are we get you do we wanna we, do we wanna jump into that or do we wanna keep moving? Maybe jump no, towards but we the can end. we can touch on the contact one with that just Oh happened. yeah. Okay, hold up. Let me Lucas, I'm gonna send you this, bring it up. This has just happened. This is some breaking news. Here you go, Lucas. Whack this one up. Uh this has just come out. What, within the last hour, basically, even less while we've been doing the show? That uh, the team of Contact, another Flashpoint team, are looking to make some changes. They have made some changes. So you said that Ships was on the bench, right? Uh, Emmy, we always thought that he was going to be on on the way out. But they've actually brought in uh, Smuya, which is strange because Otto's on the team. And I thought Otto was the was the primary opera of that squad. And they brought in Spinks. And we had, when we had Device on the show, I believe that Device was talking a lot of good things about Spinks. So that would be a, a pretty cool one to see. Now, Spinks is from, I don't want to get this wrong. Is it Israel? Is that is that where he's from? Is that what that yep. flag is? Yes. Okay. I'm really bad with geography, guys. Don't don't hate me. I, I know that Crystal you is south. You can hover over the, the flag, by the way, on HLT, and it's going to tell you what, oh, the, what the country is. That's quite nice. Know that was a feature. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's from Israel. I can say that with confidence. Um, so Smooth has been re- reunited with Neil. So that's kind of kind of cute over there. But um, Crystal, obviously, this you're learning this news as quickly as we are, unless you've been in the back yeah. channels finding out what's going on. No, I didn't know about this until now as well. What do you make of having Smuya and Otto on the same team? Having two guys who are primary orpers? Yeah, who are apparently know. secondary, by the way. Who? Yeah, Smuya is going to secondary, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, how do you think that's going to yeah. work? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's always good to have two people in a team that are good at orping. I mean, okay. you can. I mean, some maps require double orping or where it's very beneficial to have. I mean, yeah. What do you think about the Sphinx kit as well? Uh, I haven't played too much with him in FPL, I think. But I, right. don't, I don't play much FPL in general. But if they... I mean, there must be something that they see in him. So if they give him a chance, I think it's always good to give young players a chance. Yeah, I guess you guys just yeah. did that with Farley and it's worked on out. I was just having a look at... like I, yeah. I went, Even when Device mentioned him the other day, I didn't... Well, the other day, fucking a couple months ago now, <laughs> I didn't even look into it that much. I'm just clicking it now and having a look around at the, the t- types of players and the teams that he's been playing with. And then, you know, at least a couple of the last matches he's played, he was he was the top fragger for uh, his team. So I guess that's always a, a positive sign. Prof, you got anything you really want to jump into with this contact stuff? No, 
Yeah. Didn't somebody didn't somebody mention him as like a big? I feel like we had somebody on the show who was talking, who at least mentioned Spinks. Device, I, right? Was it Device? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Device. Oh, okay. Aaron, there you yes. go. I'm almost certain it was Device. Uh, let me check. I can go to I can go to to Spinks's Twitter, and it'll probably be actually. Yeah, we go Spinks at Spinks CSGO for all of you those listening and watching right now. Yeah, he retweeted something from the June twenty second. Uh, device says the FPL is rich on talent. Give an example of one: Spinks, uh, nineteen year old with one point one five hatred TV rating and forty two maps. Will he repeat his BMS success? We'll see. There we go. So we've nailed that one. Let's keep it moving because we're going to get into some juicy Counter Strike talking about ESO one Cologne. Now, if you guys haven't been uh, paying too much attention to what's been happening in Counter Strike in the last week, well, you would have missed the first week of Cologne. Um, but one of the big things. That's and a big thing. This one here probably hits quite close to home. Uh, is Godsent were the team who were meant to be getting the last slot for uh, Cologne in the European division, but MIBR came on over, uh, and and they took that position. Now, Crystal, did you guys like what was the communication like? Did you guys think that you had the slot? Like what what was going on behind the scenes? Uh, I think actually at first we haven't even been contacted when we just saw that they invited MRBR and okay. I think we reached out to them or the management did and they were like apologizing to us uh, was unfortunate uh, things chain of events whatever I don't know it was like yeah I don't know we were just a little bit frustrated about it because I think we like I mentioned before this ranking system is still very confusing to me and uh, to a lot of people and uh, but then we actually in the ESL ranking, got pretty up much into the... I don't know what rank we are right now in the ESL ranking, but uh, we got a higher ranking than MRBR for sure, because we played well in the RMR tournaments, which were by ESL. So, yeah, it was just not really fair in our eyes that they got invited. But obviously from the viewers or like from the production's point of view, it's understandable why they would, because MRBR is so big and more viewers. Etc. But uh, yeah, for the players, those... for the players, it's unfair. Uh, that, that's all I can say. For us, it felt very unfair. But it could be, could easily be down to down to the Louvre agreement. Though actually, no, they're not one of those teams. They're not one of the no, teams. I forgot I mean, about that. The way it was explained by Carmack and uh, Flying DJ on Twitter was that they MIBR were qualified through. Uh, Road to Cologne, which was the ESL Pro Tour events, the other oh, yeah. ranking that ESL yeah, yeah, yeah. have. But even when you check that, they weren't qualified. It was, and that they 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 said that they may already made agreements to to travel to Europe. So that that's why they got the spot in Europe because they qualified for what would be the land qualifier for Cologne. But things then changed. It was like a lot of weird situation, like weird decisions and the way they explained it was super bad. I, f I felt like even if they did the decision, they could have just presented it in a much better way that didn't seem so, I don't know, off-putting. And yeah, obviously a lot of people would say that Godsent is the better team or that they, that you guys deserve the invite more at the moment. So that, that kind of, it just felt weird. I, I definitely think we deserve the slot, but I mean, now we can't do anything anymore, so. Well, at least they're not in Pro League, so you don't have to worry about them taking any slots over there, right? So MIBR now, after bombing out of uh, ESO1 Cologne, which is probably the best way to put it, uh, they will not be playing in anything of note until maybe IEM 
uh, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, that's the, the one. So it's going to be what quite a, quite a time because Pro League goes for a month. This still has another week, so we're talking uh, quite quite a time. We're talking yeah over a month here until they'll be playing in another big tournament. Um, but don't worry if you if you're a fan of MIBR, you can watch them tomorrow and. 12 CEST, they are playing against Wisla Krakow. So, in the 9 to 5, number 3. Oh, okay. 9 to 5. Okay. Um, I'll be working, so I probably will miss that game. Uh, But look, I'm going to pose one here. I'm going to throw this one. I'm going to throw it your way, Prof. I know that uh, you're a man who likes to speak his mind from time to time. Is MIBR done? No. This is such a like, such, they, such, such, a, such like, a tough question, man. At least Careful thirty now. minutes and at least thirty minutes in the oven, and then they're done. Okay, so you think uh, if they are unable to pull anything off between now and the end of the year, that's it? I know, like they they will continuously continue onwards being a team because they have such backing that they're they're not gonna dissolve the team. I don't see that happening. It's just gonna be let's try and change things until it works. Isn't this the biggest nightmare though? Is like having a team that has so much support, aka the Virtus Pros of the old, uh, that they stick and they keep doing this for year after year after year, and it drops off, and they're almost well. I was going to say they they're going to ruin their legacy, but I would say based off ro- recent social media. Uh, bits and bobs that have gone on down, not bits and pieces. I like, I like how you changed that at the last <laughs> second, yeah. Uh, that uh, they've already kind of ruined their legacy, right? They, they haven't been fielding themselves as professionals. Um, they have been having a lot of tantrums online. It's almost like following my Twitter feed from a, from a couple of years ago. Um, so this MIBR team, as much as, you know, we, we love what they've brought to Counter-Strike and I love the way that they used to be able to approach the game, just watching them play now they don't even feel overly competitive. I know that that phase series, it wasn't the worst series in the world. It, 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 I, I don't it had know. some moments. It had some. Yeah, it definitely had some moments. But I don't. I don't know. Like, you can only keep doing the thing where you cycle through changing the fifth so many times. Obviously, very NIP esque. This is just the most recent one of those teams to throw in that boat, right? We got NIP, we got Virtus Pro, and I guess now we have MIBR. Those would be the three biggest ones that stick out in my mind. Um, unfortunately, who have been unable to go back to that level of success. And this bunch hold on to their previous success more than the other two that I just talked about, right? And and I think that's the most jarring thing um, from a spectator point of view, unless you're a Brazilian. Right? For the, the rest of the like, world... You never heard like Getright saying, well, but we won the major and we were 87 and zero, like respect that legacy. <laughs> he never said that. He no. just said, I'm super shit right now. And I suck, but I'll be better or something like that. So it's, but it's a cultural thing, I guess. Sure. Uh, look, we can, we can put it, we can put it down to that. Um, but I, I suppose that when we look at this from the rest of the world standpoint, that isn't the case, right? Like everybody can see that they're struggling. Everybody wants at least wanted them to return, right? Because the same thing, we'd always say, well, Counter-Strike's better when VP are one of the best teams in the world. Well, Counter-Strike's better when MIBR are one of the best teams in the world. Like those things, they make sense because of the type of Counter-Strike and the type of personalities they have. A lot of the teams that we're having these days are being like put in these boxes where their personality dips on off and you don't, you know, you, the flair within the server, it's not as much as, as what it has been in the past or people don't have the big lovable pashes and the snacks of the world. So there's a lot of reasons to why these guys, obviously from a viewership perspective, uh, 
you want to keep them around. But from a from a playing perspective, there's you, you throw them in, you lump them in with a bunch of other names who could all compete within that same level. And, and now they're going to stay in Europe boot camping. So this is their best time. There's no pressure for a little while because they don't have any big tournaments to be playing in. MIBR are going to make money off of these I, guys. I, no I know they have a lot of pressure in these games that they're going to be playing. And like, sure, they, they don't lose playing... these, man. You never know. Like the, these teams are not like these are like top 30 40 teams that they're going to be playing against so it could happen i i i'd argue that that is like super high pressure for them and online europe all of these guys that are hungry to like beat fall and never played against him it's gonna be it's gonna be good good shit okay well i'm glad what well, gives us something to get excited about right there um okay other than the fact that crystal and his boys got fucked let's move past that just slightly um and let's talk about german counter-strike um <laughs> I laugh because the number one team in the world, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are big. They bombed out. Uh, they came last in Cologne. Um, and I I really don't know what to, to put it down to. Um, does anybody have any answers as to, to maybe what's gone wrong here? Oh, I, I think just... this problem... Yeah, sorry, go, go. Oh, oh, I just think, yeah, I wanted to touch this problem as well. I think maybe they were, like you said, maybe they weren't like completely uh, like focused or maybe pressure got to them because it's a German dual rivalry maybe sure. uh when i watched the game i also saw that i think it was santaris who didn't have a good game didn't play as good as before so i don't know if one i don't know actually just felt really rough didn't seem like the big that they have been the weeks before i remember also a few stupid mistakes but yeah i really don't need to go too much into detail but they could have won you i remember they was just not their day, their day, I guess, at least against Sprout. Chuck, you want to pick that up where you were, you were headed with uh, that no, one? No, yeah, I... I, was, I was going to say something very similar. I felt like that game in particular just felt like exactly like the type of uh, uh, like a local rivalry where it just goes, goes really random and um, they just know each other too well and stuff like that. It's just, it just it seemed like that kind of a game to me as well because I saw like the first two maps, I think. And um, But do they know each the other way. really well? Like... I, the, I feel like the domestic stuff goes out. So who in that team, you know, other than Dennis and Spitty with a bit of history with some of the other boys, where, where else is their history, right? Because Faven's like 12 years old. No, I know he's not. No disrespect, Faven, but I'm saying you, you're a youngster. And Deha and Snatchy are bloody Polish. Yeah, so, I'm not saying that that's, that's exactly what it is, but it just felt like one of those games where Big didn't really play up to the normal standard. Oh. And usually it just, that happens when like the other team does something weird and um, uh, and things like that. So it's just, yeah, it felt like a weird game in general where Big didn't really play the same way that they did before, even at the uh, summer, which is the surprising thing. Cause it's not like they, they just stepped into, into the new season on the wrong foot. They already played a tournament and won it. Sure, it was against like lower teams that they have been playing before. Well, like, Heroic before. was the one in the grand final, so yeah, Heroic exactly. Been good. But still, like they're obviously not shaky, or you know, not not as much as the, as as you would expect with a lot of these other teams. So I don't, I wouldn't put it to that. But it, like based on that one game, I didn't see the NIP one, so it's hard to say I what happened the, there. And I think an NIP one, maybe what I was thinking as well is that I think both times they lost uh, in overtime. Like on the new yeah, new twenty yeah, eight yeah, twenty six. Yeah, and then the Sprout game they lost overtime as well. So maybe that maybe was a little mental. How do you say it? Maybe it was a little mental bit tough block? to. And maybe it was tough to come back on Mirage, because yeah, they lost this tight game really hard. Like and, overtimes, yeah. Yeah, and I remember as well they had like in one of the overtimes they they threw a five v three. I remember. 
So yeah, that's not ideal. And if you have no. a look at the the nuke game as well, I know it is nuke, but Sirison was uh, the lowest frag. No, he wasn't. He was the second lowest. Centaurus was the lowest with 33. But there were quite quite a, a spread here. He's down the bottom in terms of rating. And Sirison was one who I remember watching T-side nuke running around with that fucking scout strike. I think we were talking about this quite a bit, um, just like wrecking people. I don't know if it was map specific, but it's one of the it maps. It was a nuke. Yeah, he was just making it wild. So if he's having a bit of a, a sad performance, then... Uh, that that can explain some things, but the Sprout games, like the fact that they've qualified as one of the first four teams to make it into the top four, well, the top eight, that <laughs> is very surprising, right? Like, I know what Diha can do. I got to see him when he was on the Polish squads. I got to see what Snatchy can do. But Dennis and Spitty, like, they have been around now for as long as you, Crystal, obviously, uh, and th- they haven't really being able to achieve too much. And here, they're pulling off these upset victories. Is this, uh, you know, and we'll keep present company excluded from this. Is this maybe like the, the German onliners coming coming through a little bit? What's going uh, on well, there, man? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's because only German onliners, <laughs> but I would say maybe the online part took a part. I You're would right? say. Yeah. I think everyone, especially right now online, like everyone feels more comfortable. We, like, um, Obviously, it's just a joke, but Zen and our team always joke, yeah, imagine all these kids playing at home. Their mom uh, will prepare the food. They just need to go uh, wake up, shower, and there's food ready. And they're just like, like, um, overreacting right now. But it's just like, everyone is more comfortable at home. Like, you can just chill down, sit at your computer. Like, you have the the used, like, room temp, uh, the, the temperature of the room that you are used to. You can go outside for a walk. Like, like you're just feeling comfortable. So... If you're comfortable in real life, then it also transfers a little bit into your game. And yeah. they're also kind of well, they were glad to to meet OG in the yes. second round as well. I feel like if they if they fell on the other side of that bracket, I don't think they would be through at this point because both well, Navi are obviously shaky, but they're still a big team, and and Complexity have obviously been doing well. So if they met one of those two, I feel like it wouldn't have gone as well for them as as OG, who are obviously very very shaky and, and inconsistent. So the thing with that series, just in case everybody missed it, Sprout vs. OG, it was the Group A upper bracket semi-final match to progress into the playoffs here at ESL One Cologne Online 2020. I'm not at the desk right now, Chad. Don't do that voice. Um, but they they paddled them in the two maps, right? In, in Sprout pick train, they they wrecked them 16-9. Uh, they had a 10-5 T half, right? That's fucking, that's bananas. And then what's even more impressive, Inferno was still close. They kept it 16-13. That's a very respectable scoreline in a loss. But then Nuke... Holy shit. I was watching Nuke unfold and I was just like, ah, they, they, okay, I made like a bit of a jokey German online comment. I want to make sure that I, I button this up for everybody. Back <laughs> in the day, especially in the source era, Germans were considered the biggest fucking onliners in the world. 1.6 as well, by the way. It uh, didn't change if I was there. Okay, 1.6 as well. Uh, they were considered the, quite quite good on the interweb. So that was a bit of, bit of a joke. Sprout have obviously been working very hard. Right? I don't want to take anything away from them because... We were giving big credit in the fact that they worked hard and they became the best team in the world. So we just want to make sure that we're we're covering that. I don't want anybody any nasty stuff. I'm in Germany right now. I love it here. Cologne's great. Uh, you're all beautiful. Uh, Wunderschön, all that bullshit. Anyway, uh, Nuke with this with a 13-2 first half on the T side. Like I know that a couple of people have gone and broken down some of the strategies and stuff that they were doing. But are we putting? Like how much how much are we putting in in the sprout hard work column? Like I think we have to put a decent amount of stock, but how much are we also putting in the OG what the fuck is going on column? Right, striker. Do you, you, yeah, or is prof I back? Know, prof. I know. I know you, Chad, want to put a lot in the OG suck. Column. I love OG. OG is my favorite team. 
That's um, a lie. <laughs> Straight up. I liked what I saw from Sprout. Like, they played this kind of super methodical, but also annoyingly disrespectful style yeah. at the same time. And, like, they're super hard on, like, hunting rifles when they got, like, I don't know, two kills or whatever. They're closing in on everything. Executes on point, fakes on point. Like, draining out down the clock, like, like old school Navi, but in a good way, if that makes sense. Mm. So, uh, like, props to like the in-game leadership, Speedy is calling there in that team. Th that looked pretty well. And then you have also OG just being like at points pretty shit. And individually, some of their players just like not showing up at all. Like NBK also had a rough series. I th I think the last map especially. So it was just like those things compound, and you have like thirteen-two T side on on you, correct? Yeah, I, I just, look, I've had some really bad games of Counter-Strike before, but CT-sided nuke to only get, like, two kills on CT-sided nuke, like, you know, you'd roll the clock back a couple of years. If you said that to somebody, they'd be like, what the fuck <laughs> were you doing? Like, I know the map is, uh, the, the the way that T's are able to play it now and the territory that they can take, but, like, CT-sided nuke, you, you should be getting a couple of freebies. Like, there's a couple of rounds where they're coming out and they're looking the wrong way, right? That That's... It's just a really, really rough showing, and I guess really positive stuff from Sprout there. Um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get too stuck into OG because I've I've done it enough, and like I said, I'm having a bad day. So if I get fired up about that, it'll just it'll just be a terrible diatribe of all my hate at life coming out. Um, okay. Um, so I just by the way, regarding that new game, from what I saw, it was just it felt to me like OG were just caught up in rotations a lot. Like they they ended up saving so many rounds from from what I remember on the um, in like CT retake attempts because it was just already over by the time they they could rotate. So I feel like that was the that was a massive problem. Where they I mean, just got happens... picked up on one side of the map and then like got out out rotated out rotated. Yeah, that happens when the guy holding the angle as CT doesn't get the kill yeah. or the double kill that you usually should because. Sometimes Prout really did play well and just put him in an uncomfortable situation. And sometimes the CT was just, just didn't win the aim duel, which he should, right? And I think that has been the issue for me with, with OG since they got this team. Like, I think it lacks firepower. And that, that feels when they have these these kind of games. Yeah. No, also on, also on the T side, I remember this one round that I remembered. I watched only a little bit their T side, but they had really good, like, uh, trading or, like, then approached when they went outside and they gave them like little to none info if they actually went down secret. Like they used this, uh, we call it VP smokes to cross secret, but then they just boosted like really delayed on T-Red. They were holding like CT spawn angle to see if any rotation is happening. And if nothing is there, then they they assumed that someone from Ramp rotated down. The down guy had to play like passively because the door guy pressured early, vent rotation couldn't happen. And then they just split up a really, really slow, like you mentioned, like Navi style. and. Yeah, also I, a few things I saw that I didn't see before, like at 20 seconds, they threw the small from T-roof uh, through the windows to backside. So the only A guy, he was like forced out in the open. Then the heaven guy strafed with the Molo and like was just like, there were also a few nice things that they actually did and they deserved to win this round that, that they played. A couple of nice details in there. Yeah, well, that's the oh. thing, right? Like um, when I was watching some of the videos that people were breaking down, it was it was cool stuff. Like it wasn't, they, they weren't just getting gifted rounds. They were having oh. to still work for them. So yeah, props to Sprout there and we'll get to see them in the playoffs next week. Uh, all right, so we've got the first impressions of the new Mad Lions roster, FaZe and Astralis. Let's start 
Let's start with Astralis, because I think that's going to be the easiest one for us to, to, to decompile here. Uh, for those people not familiar, Zipax and Glaive are back, but they're not in the roster right now. Uh, they are still, I guess, warming into the second half of the year after their time off. Uh, but they've had Bubsky and Esatag. Now we actually have some players in the team that, that kind of makes sense. And they looked really, really quite good. Crystal, did you get to watch them play? Yeah, I watched a new game. I, I can't recall against who it was, but I played... Was it? Vitality, I think. Vitality, yeah. They played pretty decent, actually. I was surprised as well. Like, they had really good trades going on. They played very simple, like, always this uh, the fast outside smokes with the Molo, I think. So they could just rush down. They always, for they always forced the duel, and then they enabled the Lurk, and yeah, it was just... I was surprised as well. There was I also the two new guys really did really yeah, well there was that like game, a, so. Yeah, they had, like, two or three rounds that they won, like, I think a 2v5 anti-eco, where they got, like, new speed, and then they turned it around 2v5 or something. It was... Was yeah, good. Bubsky's actually at the moment now they've only played four maps with this team officially, but Bubsky's the highest rated player, only just. Magus is up there as well. But the roles kind of make sense with this squad, right? Right? Striker, yeah. like this one here, you look at it and you go, Yeah, this one, if they had to stick with this, you could actually this see is, having this some is longevity. Very playable. This is very, very playable, this this constellation of then that's what I was saying last uh last episode, I know if it was a week or week ago, just before we were talking about Cologne, that this is a team that actually makes sense on paper as opposed to the one with Yugi. Mm. And um, yeah, it just showed, I feel like it just showed that the that the positions are actually quite correct in this case. Yeah, they, they had some like moments where you could you could see that they didn't have, they haven't had as much time as they would like with with two new players. They, they probably only practiced for like a couple of weeks so far with this team. And that showed in a couple of rounds where there, there were just some fumbles, like even in that round where they, they almost got ECO'd Oh, like that was one of those where where they weren't really on the same page, and it's just some of these moments really showed. But like the individual, the individuals actually make sense. They played well, obviously, especially on the new game that you two you guys really did uh, put up the biggest numbers. So it's like it actually looks like the team that could be at least like a top five on on paper, even though they're they're missing their um, like two key pieces, obviously. Uh, Prof, do you think, and if you're not lagging, I'll direct it somewhere else. I feel like he's I'm, out, but I think I'm, I think I'm <laughs> here. I think okay. I'm here. Oh, okay. We turned the webcam off, so now we can talk. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, Prof, do you think that this speaks more about how quickly Astralis have been able to put things together or how behind everybody else still is? I, I, I've honestly been pretty impressed with what I saw, just like from the I don't know two maps i think maybe that i watched of astralis like that the team play i feel like it shouldn't be that good mm -hmm. and the utility usage shouldn't be that good for a team that literally from what i know they weren't practicing before the break is just literally the maybe the last two weeks or something so i think it's just them being all ahead of the curve and doing things in a way that is better or more productive than than other teams i, I don't think other teams are that bad because everyone is trying very hard with a lot of different things, adding in psychologists and like three coaches, analysts, whatever. So I, I don't think everyone else can be that bad because other teams are playing good CS as well. It's just Astralis being Astralis once again, annoying, annoying stuff to watch almost. You can feel it coming. You can feel it coming again, the Astralis here. You can just see it from ah. like two maps. I'm fine with it. Let it happen. Let it let it happen. Let, and hopefully they push it a little bit further. But what do you think this means, Striker, for the likes of more Zipex than, than Crystal? 
Uh, sorry, not Crystal. Then Glaive. Fucking hell, too many in-game leaders. <laughs> um, what do you think this means more for, for like Zipex and Glaive um, with if these two guys... Now, I think Glaive is always most likely to come back, but Zipex, he's had his head on the chopping block in the past. Let's say Bubsky's just a fucking beast and they transition somebody else into more of a, a clutchy type role that, or an anchor type role that Zipex... Was, actually, Bubsky was playing the inner anchor, wasn't he, on train? If I Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So... Like, do you think there might be a couple of a couple of warning bells going off? Like, sure that this they 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 are probably not like hundred percent happy that this team is doing so well yeah. just because you know there's the possibility that that um, they could come into the team as a on a permanent basis. But obviously, like this is so mega early to to even try to uh, to, to entertain these ideas just because this the, the original five just proved uh, proved us uh, so many times that they they can be the best team in the world. They are basically the best team of all time. So it's like to to expect either of them to be on the chopping block anytime soon, unless they just start struggling when they come back or something, and they're not in a, in in the greatest shape. Like there's there's no way that's gonna happen until until we see like some real problem problems in the original team. Yeah, and I think if we assume that the major is gonna happen, or even if it gets postponed to next year or whatever, they'll still have to keep running RMR events, right, to keep it most the most relevant results going. They will just use their their major five for those events. So I, I feel like they're going to get another crack at it, another shot at it. Um, so all things seeming pretty good for Australia. So we won't get too uh, too bogged down right there in the Australis stuff. But the next one that we can talk about is Phase with Kyobi. Crystal, did you catch their games? Yeah, I watched them. What did you make of uh, that edition? Because look, when this first happened... And I saw people tweeting like, oh, yeah, the roles, it's going to be good. Da, da, da. I thought to myself, oh. I was like, who the fuck are you guys? What are you talking? Do you, are you guys yeah. watch the same Kirby as me? Like, what do you think about Kirby now doing an anchor role? Yeah, I, I agree. I was, uh, there's also what I, we were talking about this in my team a lot. Like, uh, I also don't understand why Face is constantly like, I mean, they're trying new players. They're keep, keeping the same core, which is okay. But they are never like trying to shift the positions. I mean... You have a team full of star players, but no one is willing to do the supportive role or like trying to wait. There's a fly in my fucking face. Sorry. They <laughs> they are never like trying to like. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kebe is not playing the role he should play. Be playing now. He's he's. I think he was lurking T side, anchoring on. Uh, he was playing in a oh, train yeah, for the first like time ever. Of... Yeah, and I think Kebe shouldn't be lurking. I think this is just a wasted role on him. And then I'm wondering why are they getting him if he, they want to, him to lurk. This is like I simply think this, there was no yeah. there was no real other option. Yeah, this is what I I personally don't like. Like I mentioned before, I would put the team together, or when I'm calling, I would put uh, everyone's players' abilities yeah. the way that they are they can shine. And then yeah, but I think Nico is still calling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Nico isn't that type of player who would put himself below. I would say. Oh, and what I wanted also didn't work out. Yeah, sorry. So no, no, it's fine. But that's just my point of view, and this is just what goes against my CS philosophy. That they are constantly—they're basically taking new players, putting them into the same roles, into other shoes, and expecting different results, which is not working out in my eyes. So it's obviously way too early, but your gut feeling is that it's probably not going to be hugely successful. Uh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I don't okay. know. But yeah, I just don't like the the general concept that they just take new players into the same old roles. Yeah, well, especially me. if they are not designed for this role. This is what I don't like. Tell me if if there were like un they had an unlimited buyout, just like a blank check, and they could get any player instead of Kirby when they signed Kirby. They could get any player 
out of any team, who do you think they should have picked up? Or like maybe two or three players that, that fit the role like well. I mean, I was always joke, not even a joke, but we said in the team, if they would, if they would, for example, like, it would be a big contrast, but we always said in the team, if they would get would have gotten Hunden, for example, as a caller, they would have probably played 10 times better than they're doing now, in my eyes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it's more like, I don't want to uh, flame them too much or something, or like, this is just my opinion, and I'm sorry if this is, goes against some Man, others. That's literally but, my uh, job, say whatever you want. Yeah, but... Uh, for example, when I watch demos or I watch teams, like Face is probably the le the last team that I would watch for like some inspiration. Like they're being very like one-dimensional. It's not that many new things. They're playing within the meta. They're doing what everyone is doing. They're just hitting it. good shots. That's Face in my eyes. And so, they've always been that. Yeah. So yeah, they are like uh, the opposite of what I said before. What Big was before. Like Big was too structured, and Face is too hardcore hitting in my eyes. And they. They need some sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know, better structure in my eyes. And I don't think this uh, whole always always changing a player, putting him in the same roles, is is not a good approach in my eyes. So, like, if we were if we were to think if they, because you were saying if they got Hunden like as a player yeah. in that team, they would obviously have to change everything um, and, and their approach to it. Now, yeah. I don't know how much you want to give away here, but it, let's say not Hunden. Let's say you went into that team and you were the in-game leader. And you just oh, and you knew the players for how they are right now. How would you try and make things things work within that squad? What would you? What what kind uh, of? Okay, this is uh, this is tough because I don't. I know some players have a big ego, and I don't like that too much. So okay. I would probably have a rough time there as well. And I also know that uh, I I can only be as good as I'm right now because of the teammates I have. And okay. another team, maybe it would be completely different. Like I can, to a certain point adapt to my teammates and make them probably play better but for example in my team i have devil walk as well who may enables me to call better and play better so this is just what i feel like face is missing someone that sacrifices them for a team they don't have that and if you have five star players just by logic i mean everyone in the high tier cs level uh, understands uh, some certain logic like playing trades playing uh, spa spacing pop flashing for each other covering crossfire whatever <laughs> It's just logical that if you have five star players, that someone has to have a role that is like shit, and someone has to like sacrifice them for itself for the team. But they are constantly do what I just explained. They are not doing that, and I don't know who of them, which ego of what player would be sacrificing for the team. If you know what I mean, like I don't see Nico stepping down from his like desired roles. I don't see Cole doing that. I think Rain already is like doing just his job, just a solid rifler. So. Yeah, Rain, Rain has historically been the one who has kind of moved around and been very versatile yeah, with I his agree. roles. So, yeah. but he's but the he only, also, he's, you're right. He's the only one. Yeah, he's also not, not the full support player. I mean, obviously, he entry tracks T sides. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah. so, look. I don't know what I would do if I would play with them. I actually don't even want to find out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds bad. But it sounds well, like it. It sounds like really hard. Come on, if you, well. if you if you were but, a free uh, agent, you would have you would have accepted a call from Faze though. <laughs> We'll take the contract Probably, off the table, but, man. Uh, we'll, no, but I, had, just, I was ready to get you to sign, but all right, fuck. No, but it's also really tough. Like, imagine you join a team uh, like FaZe and you know what they have been struggling before. Like, imagine the immense pressure you will have if you join them. Like, and then there are not only the things that you need to, like, uh, put, like, you put pressure on yourself doing it, but then there are also, like, expectations of your teammates. Like, I don't know the, them too much and too personal. 
like how they are like within the team, how they are behaving towards each other. But I think everyone has like a certain view of each other. Like we see like the streams and the highlights or like the rages at LAN, stuff like this. But yeah, I don't know. This is just my opinion. I, I hope I didn't say anything too bad, <laughs> but... Uh... You're fine. You're fine. You don't, uh, you don't I, I, I do that think way. that Kirby is on the clock though, because yeah. like the more if he doesn't start feeling comfortable at, like at some point he's just going to be he's just going to be frustrated with the role and and changes are going to have to come either through actual player changes or or, or the roles are going to move around positions are going to move around so yeah and i'm like people yeah, reinventing maybe. themselves that's very very rare for that to be successful yeah. especially in this like hardcore way because he's always been kind of more of a like an entry fragger type or like pretty in front of the team well, this time he's like lurking, has to learn an entirely new trait, it, anchoring sites. You know, it's entirely different. Like they put him to into passive. Olaf's roles, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of the mostly this, mostly Olaf's roles. This is what I theorized. I either did it live on air or I did it before we were getting back on air. I don't know. I'd say so much shit that I don't know what's going out to people in the real world and what I'm just saying to Lauren and Alex. But um, I said that I think. If it doesn't work out in like a couple of months, maybe less, then what's going to happen is Rain's going to take all of the roles that Kyoby has. Kyoby's going to get given Rain's positions being an entry fragger and like middle of the pack rifler. Um, and it's just going to get turned that way. And then Rain's yeah. going to be the one who has to, because there's no, you're right, there's no one else on the team who can sacrifice any space. Because Nico and Cole, I was, look, here's one thing that kind of bothered me. Um, like Cold has been playing Ivy the same way for. Four years, Four years. <laughs> right? And I watched, I'm watching this round. I'm watching Fallen just coming down Ivy with the orb. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, look, I can imagine that Fallen's like, I know exactly where this motherfucker's going to be. He's going to be backtracked. <laughs> he's going to be holding the gap and I'm going to swing out and I'm going to kill him. And that's what Fallen did. And I went, well, I didn't say it, but I thought to myself, I thought that's just a free kill. Like everybody knows that he does that, right? But a lot of the time he still gets away with it. But Fallen was able to punish him for it at least once or twice, I think, in that game. And I think Cold is such a good player, right? And he has such a good work ethic that he could be the type of guy in the team who can go from... Because he's an Ivy anchor. He's not an Ivy aggressive player, right? He's not dropping the deep smoke, putting the molly down, making sure they can't get to the bin and controlling off and playing up close, getting boosted on the server, you know, taking a lot of jewels. He will allow them to have that area uh, once he gets pressured and he'll drop back and be more passive in that spot. And that's obviously, we know that he's always been more of that type of a player, but he could do a similar role, but be the inside anchor. And then you could have um, somebody else to fill up that. You, you could have two orpers on your yard. Obviously, you got Brokey doing it. Nico could now play back six, swing Ivy with the AWP. You can play Kirby and Rain forward as your duo with the rifles right there, shutting down T-Main, shutting down Pop Dog. Like, I can make it work. I can jig it around. But I think it goes back to what Krista was saying, and that's people having to be able to swallow their pride a little bit and go, yeah, this isn't my spot anymore. I need to try a new position because... How, how long can you keep doing the same thing? I was really excited by FaZe at the start of the year, to be honest. I liked the fact that they had brought in a lot of strategy. I think Yanko had helped them with a lot of set pieces to give them room, and then the stars were able to shine when they got room. But complexity kind of unraveled all that. And when we had Blame on, I think he was talking about the way that they were counter-striking their stuff. There's even Poison sitting in Warehouse on Nuke, spamming Nico through the, or was it Rain, through the box with the AWP and Yard because they know the timings, they're lining up their smokes and shit. There's just all those little details. And it's, it's such a shame a team that has a lot of firepower and a, a lot of experience that they are struggling and they've had all these like Olaf going and then they had BMAS come in and now they've got Kirby there and there's no real in-game leaders who are available unless your organization wants to drop like 
I I don't know. Let's assume that this Alex buyout is probably more than half a million. It right? was like six hundred thousand. I think was the report. I'm pretty sure. So then, who else are you going to go to for an in-game leader? Um, so there's like all all of these questions around it. And also, I don't know if Alex would like fit in with a big ego team because Alex always, when we when the interviews with him, he's quite softly spoken. You know, he's not necessarily the big you know boisterous type of guy. Um, so so I'm not like, quite yeah. sure. Well, I, Alex, I feel like Alex it's had like, the issues like battling with nbk for like the throne in that team so like uh, replace nbk with like nico and Kulzera. i think that's a higher level after all just like in terms of their approach to the, not the ego but the alpha mentality of the team or something are you saying that he'd have a he'd have a harder time i'd say he'd have a harder time in phase yeah Okay, Striker, do you reckon that'll be the case? Or you reckon I, you I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But at the same time, I feel like Nico, like, is getting to a point where he's a little bit desperate, desperate about, about, about the role. Like at the start of the year, when uh, when he did that uh, top twenty interview, when he was like, "Okay, now I'm committed to being the best in game leader in the world." I feel like that's kind of dwindling now, and he's getting back to a point where, like, if there was an in game leader, he'd he'd take it. But obviously, especially like it, if they if they were looking for allies, that's definitely the thinking. Like they still are aiming to get an in-game leader if they can or were at least until they got KRB now. Um, they just did. They just weren't able to, right? So yeah, at this point, I feel like since he's probably at a point where he's just fed up with it and it's not working for some reason, that that he'd be okay with uh, with somebody else coming in and just like letting him um, do whatever he likes. Okay, so one last little bit of context here, I suppose, before we start talking about Mad Lions, is the fact that Kyobi was like on vacation when they added him to the team. So they have only really played for like a week together. And Kyobi has only been playing these roles in the officials that we've seen and in a very small amount of practice. So yeah. if we're going to be Kyobi, fair... Kyobi was also, was also on a break before that for like yes. two months not playing. So he literally didn't play the game for like three months. So if Kyobi, I think, you know, can within a one to two month span be able to fit into that role quite nicely and then FaZe are able to throw a bit more into the mixing pot, then obviously they have the firepower to be a very competitive team, right? So I think we can pin that one. We can leave that one there and we can talk about Mad Lions. Now they played uh, two games with Innocent now, two officials with Innocent in Cologne. Uh, or no, it's only they one. They played something before no, as well. No, they did play two. They did play two. They lost to Complexity and they beat Mouse Sports. They embarrassed Mouse Sports, actually. Um, that Vertigo game, and that new game were both single digit romps. They were just like absolute maulings. But who did we have on the show, Prof, who was saying that Shush would have to do more? Who was who was that? Wasn't um, that Striker, literally? Uh, yeah, was it uh, Striker? No, 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 no. no. Uh, sorry, was it me, actually? No, no, no. Somebody else. Maybe you're right. You're right. Some, some, I think it might have been, might have been Blame F, actually. I don't remember, but somebody said it. Yeah, it says Shush would have to like be, step up more. And in that series there, he had a 1.81 rating. So I know it's against mouse sports who are struggling, but that's fucking huge, right? Because before it was all Acor and all Bubski. I mean, Shush had his moments. He has, he has had his series where, where he takes over games as well. It's not like he's been taking back seats all the time. So I feel like he's, we've always seen that potential. It's just he's, he's, he's never been in the... Yeah, like you say, Acor has always been at the forefront and... Uh, with Bobski, and only now is he getting the chance to to be there a little bit more. So, looking at their next game, it will be against OG Prof. Do you consider that like as a because I think you and I are in the same place with OG? We think they're a team that lacks firepower. Do we look at that as a game that Mad Lions are seventy thirty favorites, sixty forty favorites? Like, are they the heavy favorite? What What do you think going I mean, into that matchup? 
ironically i think they are just being the, them being the favorite is kind of weird just okay. because they're a new team but i in my opinion they are maybe like a 60 40 65 maybe max let's not go too far but it looks actually good like the innocent pickup he kind of fits in the roles that they needed obviously probably not as good as bobski not the potential to develop that the bobski has but mm. fits in kind of okay so experienced props. Yeah, experience as well, like 26, 27. Also, Crystal's former teammate, right? So I don't know yeah. how much you know about, about him. Um, what did you think when you saw that uh, signing? Yeah, I was just confused that they would uh, take in account to not talk Danish anymore. Mm. That, uh, that was I mean, the they biggest question I mean, they already have a Brazilian mark. coach. Yeah, but... Yeah, okay, maybe. But I don't know how much impact he has with the IGL or how much he does in general. But overall, in-game, they couldn't, like... They need to talk English now, so... That was the only question mark for me. Like I know, I know pa, uh, his name is Pavel. So it was Pavel. Yeah. <laughs> he um, he's uh, as well like a solid player, but he's not that superstar player. That's why I was uh, questioned by the decision by them to take him uh, and take into account to talk English. But he's a good solid player. He does his job. He isn't a raging player. He's yeah. I'm pretty sure solid, they already talked English for a lot of the time before. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know just that because of, just because of peacemaker. No, uh, no, 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 no. They they would speak in Danish, um, and then they would. That was do the like last the, info, but I but that's a long time since we asked about that, and I feel like they transitioned more into English. But I might be wrong about this, but I think I feel like I heard something like that. It was something like they sometimes do freeze time calls in English or something like that. Yeah. So so peacemaker can understand okay. like the general idea of the round but like in the live round they don't didn't want to like sacrifice the speed of their communication so they spoke danish so then at the same time like as a coach you understand he understands obviously some danish by now because he coached like heroic before and so he knows something but not enough to really understand why people did something and so so much is going on at the same time so when they actually started speaking english that is something that he probably wanted. Maybe he pushed for the international route as well. I don't know. I don't know really. It's also that Danish talent has kind of been also taken at this point. Like Bobski, obviously they had to. They had to. He had to leave, or for whatever reason. And then who do you look to afterwards? Right, you'd have to go pretty low um, in the Danish scene at this point. Yeah, and I also think if there's one or two nationalities who would have absolutely no dramas or should have no issues in speaking English, it would probably be the Danes and the Swedes, right? Like, I've spent a lot of time in both of those countries, and I've never gone into a place uh, and ever had to try and speak their languages. They just look at me and just start instantly speaking fluent English like there's no problem. So Yeah, they can be uh, fucking 70 years old. It doesn't matter if yeah, they speak English. Which is fantastic. A big thank you to the Nordics for making up for dumb cunts like me who can't speak anything else other than a little bit of shitty German that I used to get me out of some bad situations and to yell at the drunk people on the street. Just hit him with a Holte Fresser Junge. And then you're done. <laughs> um, see, Crystal laughed. You yeah. got, everyone else I got, it. I got it. Yeah, I got, got it too. Um, so, Crystal, I was reading chat. More important than whatever you were saying at the time. <laughs> I want to let everyone know that I'm no longer a sports mode user. Um, I now patrol the forums to make sure that you're all staying sane. Right? I want to make sure that you're all staying sane out there on HLTV.org. But do you respond? More... Do you actually respond to people? On the forums? Yeah. No, not anymore. <laughs> no, like I, after my little like Zen moment, I did a lot of meditation. I really went deep and I, 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 look, I looked at all the things that were wrong with me and I tried to fix my brain and stuff. I've realized that I don't know why I ever cared what people's opinions were of me. Like 
I, d- I have no idea why I ever cared, but I'm getting a little bit off topic here. Um, Mad Lions is a team for you, Crystal, when you play against them. How do you kind of categorize them? Do you think they're, you, you were talking before about like a balance of like having the strats and then having the randomness, like where do they fit into to that model? I think they are within this balance. I think they are, they are neither super strategic, strategical yeah, uh, and uh, they are not super hardcore YOLO playing ST either. So I think they have a good balance. Okay, so I think Bobsky was a lot of the chaos. There was a lot of the chaos, and so yeah. I'm not sure how it works now. I haven't actually watched the games of uh, them uh, beating Mouseports or the other game, but before at least, I, th- I thought it was a good mixture of both. Don't watch those games if you. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's really the, not. The worth one it. thing that I was impressed by is how 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 much how well uh, Innocent has been doing individually. Just because he had the, like a rough game to start uh, against Heroic, I feel like from what I remember, because I watched that one. Uh, which, which position is he playing on Nuke? I didn't see it. I, I, know, I, I don't know. I don't think really I saw the Nuke games. Oh, okay. I, I can quickly cheat, I, but I'll tell you. I think minute. it's inner, somewhere inner or top like side, rotation yeah. inner. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, top side, actually. Um, okay. Well, I think we've almost exhausted the, the Mad Lions conversation. Let's quickly put a bow on. Uh, is there anything else that happened in the European region that we want to we talk about here? I think I don't think there's too much more. Yeah. Like we're already way behind on schedule anyways. So. That's all right. We always end up behind. You know, there's no rush around here. We touched on the Sprout one. Complexity still looking good. Navi with the wobbles. NIP with a shit start. But then they looked then they looked good against uh, Big. Uh, Mousebots are out. Fnatic online. Had Fnatic to had a rough, rough start, but then they, then, yeah, against Astralis, but then they did, they, they did pretty okay against Heretics. Yeah, that was a 2-1. G2 looked really good against MIPR. Had some struggles against Heroic. Um, and then finally, that was a good game. That was a good game. Uh, I I haven't been doing all the European ones, so I haven't had the opportunity to to watch everything. I'm going back and rewatching stuff this evening. Um, but the North American side, I think we can just quickly dip into. I have watched all the North American games. I was tasked with uh, the North American schedule for the week just gone. So, look, I can summarize this for everybody real quick, and then we can jump into the ones that we we want to we want to touch into more. Um, Genji, hard group, shit end of the stick, uh, automatic on the AWP when he's not finding impact, the team really, really quite struggling there. Furia, uh, they, same thing, Furia hasn't changed, same team, aggressive, doing all this, uh, everybody seems to still be on point, everyone's smiling, they're having a good time in Furia. 100 Thieves uh, had a freebie against Chaos, and no disrespect to Chaos, I think they're playing a very nice style of Counter-Strike at the moment, so if you actually want some interesting games, people at home to go and watch watch Chaos' series against uh, Furia and 100 Thieves. They played really, really fast, disruptive CS, like off the bat, every round, spawn-based CS that was just really quick and in the face, that's Group A, so Chaos are already in the playoffs. Uh, next week, we're going to see 100 Thieves taking on Furia for the second spot from Group A. Uh, EG continuing to look good. I was impressed with Ethan, um cloud nine last night maybe underestimating triumph a little bit so we'll have the rematch between cloud nine and liquid going down next week as well uh, cloud nine i think there's there's uh sorry liquid i think there's bigger issues going on uh even though i know they've just changed some things but elige isn't like superstar elige at the moment for some reason have i don't know if you guys watch any of the games. i, I actually quite late. saw him like with once. yeah i, uh, I i'm not sure what's worrying. going on there yeah uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe just like coming back from vacation, not in shape fully yet. I don't Maybe. know. 
Maybe Stewie's calling is a bit more sporadic than how it was before. You know, it's normally a bit more systematic. Let, fuck it. Let's not get stuck into North American stuff. There's nothing to really talk <laughs> about. Triumph and Genji are out. We're going to lose two more teams next week. The ones that we expect are going to be in the playoffs. And guess what? If you don't watch it this week, you can watch it for Pro League. It's the exact same eight teams. And they're going to keep doing it for... What's MIBR? Like, not, not no MIBR. Don't worry. We don't, <laughs> have to, we don't have to worry about MIBR anymore. We only have to worry about the best Brazilian team in the world of Furia. So it's all good um all right this is the one we wanted to talk about here so let's talk about this one we're going to go to the top three because this one here is going to be quite interesting it might push us a little bit over schedule so if you have to go crystal let us know and we'll close it down um but this last one to round out the show how did we make three topics last two hours that's fucking insane uh to round out the show here with the top three uh what these are is like gameplay changes to improve csgo so there was a tweet that came out the other day from devil walk uh crystal saying that your team was discussing the idea of um I think it was right clicks make no noise. No, right clicks. <laughs> yeah, otherwise. Because otherwise. it would be too OP if you just sit in the smoke and then there basically comes a pop flash into the smoke and you can't hear it. And then... Okay, so left yeah. left clicks make no noise, right clicks make the noise, right? Is that what we were... Where we yeah, were that was what yeah, Devil Walk suggested it and it makes more sense in my eyes, actually. You would be able to sell fakes easier. You cannot... Uh, like before you had to like body fake more. Yeah, and I, I mean, you still need to do. But if you would be able to throw left clicks without noise, then you can just throw one flashbang, for example, Inferno over B at thirty seconds, and maybe that pulls the second B guy back to B. And then you need to be way more like precise with the infos, and it would it would change a little bit. Definitely. Okay. Okay. So that's just that's kind of the the direction that we're going here. So you're probably the man to start this conversation for us, Crystal, and then we'll jump on. Is there anything else in Counter Strike, um, like any mechanic with like let's say the bomb or um, the way that utility works or anything like that? That even like the pricing of say like a diffuse kit. Is there anything like that in your mind that you think could use like a tweak or an adjustment? Uh. Actually, a few things that uh, I theorycraft sometimes. So one thing that I don't like is that I mean everyone hates it when the Molotovs when they're like you throw the exact same Molotov every time and then this one time it doesn't burn in the corner. You clear, for example, Inferno Banana, the deep left corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's clear. You go back and then there's a guy that just swings and kills the opper who was holding the solo B push and then the round is basically fucked. So this and that it spreads. In the last two seconds, like I hate this. Like when you're sitting in a corner, you the Molotov is in front of you. You pull the smoke. You wait like a few seconds. Okay, it's fine. Then you pull to the rifle, and then you're burning down for forty seconds. Uh, 40, 40 damage. I hate this so much. So, so this. Keep going. You know sorry. I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. This uh, then sometimes there's still this bug with the smoke that it doesn't extinguish or it extinguishes, but you run through and there are still flames on the other side of it. I died like this a few times already. Burn a banana. Happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, for example. Or overpass be short or whatever. So the yeah. so consistency of the Molotov is yeah. what you'd want to tweak, right? Yeah, and it, that it like just that it's every time that you throw it, it's it, it spreads the same way, not that it's random. Like sometimes it burns the corner, sometimes it doesn't. Like it's it shouldn't be inconsistent in my eyes. I don't like it. Okay, so I guess that's like I don't I don't even know how that fixed that. I might yeah, I don't know either. That kind of <laughs> shit I'm not quite quite certain yeah. from a valve perspective or a coding perspective. I'm a well, it's just you could you could make the spread the spread a little bit more consistent, you know, not have it like semi random. Maybe yeah. maybe someone should investigate. We got like a three clicks Philippos link on there, like throwing the same Molotov like ten times and seeing if it spreads consistently, like let's say one every three times or some shit. I, because I I don't know. Like I I I truly 
truly don't yeah. know exactly how that kind of shit works right there. But so what you're saying is you want it to spread more consistently, but yeah. would you want it to, from that part you were saying about the, the last ticks, like the, how it spreads at the yeah, last this minute. Is, they should remove this. This is like, I don't like this. You want it to know. just land and then it burns the whole time? Yeah, just for the seven seconds, 7.5, whatever it is, they, it just burns and it doesn't like change while it's burning, like the area of, of effect. Like, I don't understand why this is a thing. Anyways, like, this yeah, is how also, makes, yeah, makes sense. Like, Same. it's always the last two seconds, then it suddenly shifts into whatever direction and you sometimes burn and you lose a few HP or you re reveal your position or whatever it is. Especially because the last ticks are the most deadly because they do more damage the longer the Molotov goes yeah. on. So the last two ticks are like, 30 damage and the first seven ticks are 20 damage or and guys like that. that's why when you're rushing somewhere and if you're like the first two guys and the molly's just dropped run through the molly uh, don't be that fucking guy i used to hate that don't be that guy stops. and now you yeah. don't hate it. now you're fine now you're supporting <laughs> those guys i play danger zone now so it's all good for me you know i just watch the counter-strike and play danger zone that's how i get my fix <laughs> otherwise the amount of time i'd have to put in cs to actually make myself feel like it was worthwhile with like all the, fuck i don't have enough hours in a day jesus all right so that's one for the list we've got uh, the grenade sounds as well strike you got anything on the top of your head that's sticking out well until recently it was a lot about the the he's and the consistency as well where okay. like sometimes it lands just just above a step and, and it just doesn't make doesn't do damage to somebody who's right behind for, for no apparent reason they've done something to to fix that i feel like there's still helped. occasions where they've helped, yeah up. they've helped along with that but in general just like Obviously, I wouldn't want it to be the same way as in 1.6, where you could like throw a throw a nade just right next to a wall, and like be somebody behind the wall would get full damage from it and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I don't want it to be that way, but I feel like you know some of these like j just behind the corner and stuff like that should still do some damage, uh, but it's fairly it's fairly minimal to be honest. Like it's it's not a big big issue for me. That's a pretty light one, so yeah. we, we can still whack it on the list right there because it's something which you know consistency of the grenades is, is is quite an important thing. And when we see like even when we're casting, we see this nade. It's like landing. It's gonna land at someone's feet, and then something tiny gets in the way. It's like oh, actually didn't do yeah. any damage, or it didn't do as much damage as it should have. I mean, it's like a classic general... caster caster curse. Like oh, this nade is gonna destroy him. Then HP. Okay. <laughs> yeah. generally just uh, grenading consistencies. I feel like we can throw that all into one yeah. bunch just because smokes are also like weird with if you're standing in it and if you're standing just outside of it, like who sees who first and stuff like that. It's very weird and sometimes it doesn't make any real sense. So it's just like some of those things I feel like can all be bunched up into one thing where they yeah, can I mean, could just be a little bit more the consistent. The smoke thing from what I, at least from what I saw, it's something that can't be fixed unless they literally redo the whole smokes and the way they work, which probably won't happen until like a source two or something like that. It's just the way they bloom is and disappear. Engine specific, right? Yeah, as engine specific, it's kind of, it's not really same when you're oh. in the smoke and when you're watching the smoke. And that's why people are doing this, the thing where they just sit in a smoke, wait for it to dissipate. And while it's dissipating, you in the smoke, see the guy before he sees you. And yeah. just how how the engine works and unfortunately it's seems like it's very difficult to fix from what i saw and same with the like the double smoke when you throw like two smokes or a smoke and a mo and a molly the occlusion, is right? behind the smoke yeah, yeah and then you just like see perfectly clear the outline of the guy and that happens for you and the other guy doesn't see you and you're just fucked if, if you're seen no. how often does that one happen these days crystal is it like once every like, uh, 10 games yeah it's really rare it happened yeah. on nuke last time for me on door when i was ct like we just re-smoked door and then I saw the occlusion of the teeth sneaking from left to right and I killed him. And, yeah. 
Is some of those elements there, look, I don't love it because it takes away consistencies. So from like a purist and like a player standpoint, you don't have that guarantee every single time. But uh, look, we're not playing chess. So I understand that like a couple of rant random elements just for everybody at home um like aren't necessarily the worst thing but if they stop you from winning a game for example then yeah. that's when we really would come into some problems right i think so, it's like mo most pros now know that when two smokes yeah. pop like that that there is a possibility that shit like that can happen so you just avoid it but it's it's a thing that you mentioned it's not consistent sometimes it can happen sometimes it doesn't happen yeah, yeah. So it's I, don't, I don't think there are too many random things anymore like i think they fixed this train on overpass where you would like take a pause and freeze time that it would delay when it's like crossing oh, i think yeah. they fixed that i don't know actually about the chickens on inferno if they are they still blocking the door if yes this is something that should be fixed oh. i haven't I saw, seen it happen in a while so yeah, i just sure. remember the rob's clip where he died opening yeah. the door. yeah <laughs> that was this pretty was, funny to be honest yeah so this um Sucks, though. what about uh like the glock burst fire yeah, this is useless. Yeah. Like the same Hamas as Hamas. Yeah, same yeah. as Hamas. So like slight buffs to those? Yeah, I, 100%. I mean, the clock bursts just they make it a viable while jumping. This was the whole gimmick in the other games. You jump with it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's an easy, that, that seems like it should be, well, I don't know if it's an easy fix, but that seems like something that easy to like, you know, know yeah. and, and, and give the weapon more value. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw, if you didn't see it, go just go watch the T-side of Pistol Round from Heroic on Nuke. It's the most ridiculous shit I've seen in a while, right? They have their first spawn basically just hopping, right? Back turn, like constantly just moving his mouse and looking down and shit as the entry fragger. <laughs> yeah. He's not even looking for the frag. And then once they get the kill and they get ramp control, they do it and they do it again ladder base. So they're going around ladder base. And then they go bottom ladders, like shooting at this guy. It was ridiculous. I was like, what the fuck I is saw happening? this on Dust 2 before, on a B-Rush, where the first guy just backwards bunny hops yeah. like, towards car. I was like, geeky, heroic kids. I was like, you nerds. <laughs> but it's great to see like people are uh, yeah. using those. L that, that there, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know no, if you I can. No, I mean, you just don't see the head really. It's... Yeah. Well, it used to be that in 1.6, when you'd hold like lines, what you'd do is you would turn your model down into the ground so you could see, still see like a sliver, um, but they couldn't see your head and you could see, you know, what was coming. So I guess it's always existed and it's just kind of abusing the way that the models are. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, yeah. want to make it more viable for sure. Yeah, I think the, the, they, they, they buffed it recently. I think the Gala and the Farmers, yeah. I think. It hasn't but made the, much of a change, to be no, honest. Though, I think the, the Farmers spray pattern is so bad. It's super random. It's like an MP. It's like worse. Okay. I think even the MP9 or uh mac 10 have better spray pattern than the farmers i think at least for me it feels like it's i play a, a lot of mp so <laughs> no but the farmers is really bad yeah, yeah. i the, everything about it is like there's yeah. no good side to the farmers no, that's I the thing like also when are you buying it like actually the mp9 full utility is more valuable on the most maps than farmers utility so it doesn't matter anyways the only time where I, for example, I bought it was like Mirage Window because you have this range and you just tap and not spray. But yeah. other than that, there's very rare occasions where Farmer's Helmet and Smoke is more viable than MP9 full utility. Or M4 no helmet. Yeah, or this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, other than that, I think the Revolver is uh, should some should get some rework. I don't know. Okay. If they're going to use it ever because no one is using it. I think JW, JW used it yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's it. We made a whole storyline <laughs> about JW and the bloody revolver. It yeah. was our entertainment. It was it. Now, the revolver, I don't even know how you could make it. I would just viable. remove this. Just remove this delay when you shoot. Make it just four bullets only because it's basically like a scout and then you have sure. like a four bullet scout. I don't know. Oh, 
<laughs> I like that it's I like that it's gimmicky. Like fuck it, we don't have to use every single weapon yeah, that's maybe. in the game like properly. Same like just 90. have it for fun, you know. Yeah, ninety is also not gonna get used anyway. Eventually, knowing Valve, because uh, they will make it viable at some point, right? Like uh -huh. I think that's that's with the economy changes, with the weapon changes, that's like our changing of like a hero or a champion in like a MOBA or some yeah, shit, yeah. right? Like, so I, I think eventually that'll probably have some change. One that I always was curious about, one that Gomez, um, the manager of Hundred Thieves, and I used to be Vox Eminor, used to be Renegades, has spoken about in the past is like the way that the bomb drops, you know? So we obviously see the uh, worst one is when you that get killed. me off so much. Yeah, when you're crossing cat and it drops in a CT spawn. Uh, Inferno CT spawn. Why doesn't system. it just, why, would it be such a problem if when you die, the bomb just drops at your feet? Like where you, like. Oh, I think it's good. Like this. Uh, if it would be like this, I think it's good. Because I'm trying to think, what are the benefits of the way it works now? Is it you die in the direction of where you got shot, or you die, or the bot? Sorry, the bomb drops in the direction of where you were getting shot from, or where you were facing? Where you're facing. Where you're facing. Yeah, that's so, why it drops to where you die. Like, and on, on Inferno, it happened so often before that. That's why we also changed it. Like before, I had the bomb on Inferno mm -hmm. T side when we entered B, and we smoked CT, we smoked uh, coffins, and then as the first guy, I jump across pool and i'm jumping and i'm specking if he's boosted ct and then i get shot from triple or something and it drops yeah. into the smoke and then yeah it's just retarded GG. okay so that one there seems like, like a like pretty high weapons, one. like weapons drop where you die more or less yeah. like the m4 when you die doesn't like fly forward because you're looking forward so no. why does the c4 do that it doesn't make any sense it doesn't it's not even consistent within the game and the randomness factor is, as as you know, like C4 dropping down on CT spawn yeah. on Dust 2 or like on Mirage, it sometimes like it, it lands on top of double box, a triple box. How did it end up there? No one knows. <laughs> now you try and like a 1v1, go for the bomb, yeah. like, climb up there or on Inferno when it ends up on the fucking like the roof on short somehow ends up there. GG yeah, boys. You jump, and you jump the corners first with bomb, you die and the yeah. bomb is on top. Well, that right feels thing. like an easy one we should be able to sell, right? That one there feels like if it was at the top of our list and we were able to get some players and traction behind it, that one to get the bomb change should be... A rel like, the reason to have it just drop at your feet, or sorry, the reason to have it drop forward, there's no reason, right? That I can't think oh. of one that makes sense, especially if we're saying oh. that the weapons drop at the feet. So wouldn't we just want it to mimic what, what happens there? Unless they're looking at it like... Well, if you're taking the risk and you, you know, like you have to uh, think this. about these things from a valve perspective. So you got to go a little bit crazy. Yeah, actually, there's there's like a when I was on server with I don't know who it was, maybe Stuko or Marden. We actually found out. Maybe someone will do a video about it now, but we I was too lazy to make one because it's useless, unfortunately. But on Vertigo, if you drop the bomb out of out of the map, it gets like back up where you dropped it, right? Yeah. And we tested it because I don't know why we just tested some random things in the server. And we tried to, so we were B lobby. I had the bomb and I climbed on uh, my teammate's back and mm. we crouch walked all the way back to T spawn to A. And then I wanted, and then I tested to drop it into the vent there and it spawns back at B where you were on your teammate. Oh shit. And we, because you didn't touch the ground, you yeah. were on the teammate. Yeah. And we tried to make it that we wanted to, I was thinking about the idea, like, like showing the bomb at like 20 seconds on on a at like the the fork area like oh shit and then drop it into it there and then four people <laughs> run up b with bomb but it doesn't work unfortunately but you cannot use it because okay. you need to be able to see the bomb somewhere to make them rotate and if it's like 15 seconds they would say yeah 15 seconds bomb is b then yeah, they would yeah you can't yeah. drop it off anywhere okay yeah. 
and you uh, cannot and as well because of the bridge you cannot uh, crouch on yes. top of each other over you're too high that's the problem okay but with well, this you can test it like you can just go uh, t-spawn and uh jump on your mate and walk around the railing and drop it out there and it will go back to the other corner well that's pretty funny that's unfortunate yeah. it didn't work that yeah, would have been sick as you would have <laughs> used awesome. it already holy shit. Have been, that, have, that would have been like static overpass all over again you know people just getting mega <laughs> mad <Yeah>. about it <laughs> what do we think about something like uh when you die obviously the grenade only one grenade drops from having all the grenades what if like let's say that i was fully bought and i was stupid enough to go aggressive and i died should all of my grenades drop like why That's, is it only one I actually i don't know if other people do it but i actually do it i take an account that they equip my smoke as the last used nades because there i don't know actually you know, there was like a order of what drops first right i think yeah. the most expensive drops first or the last used i don't know uh, first it was most expensive but then they changed but now it's it last used, the right? last yeah last that's use, why i yeah. always equip my smoke last when i entry somewhere and i have a smoke left or something but i don't know if other people do it maybe some people don't even know it do we do we, what, what do we think that it should just like my reason is why is there only one grenade like that's my thought is that if you're dead i think i think the problem is there would be i mean obviously like it's it's something that uh, that you can use to your advantage but i feel like there would be more too many too many grenades on one side if that happened you know like it would be too op basically if if like a ct got a hold of another smoke and another molly like it would be obviously like be, yeah. as a as a terrorist you kind of have to take that into consideration you yeah. know not not die in a bad spot where cts can pick up your shit but still it would be it would be pretty crazy if like you know you died in in front somewhere and cts got a hold of uh an entirely new set of, of smokes then, and mollies and just delayed for another 30 seconds you know yeah. it would be pretty hard it would be kind of snowballing yeah, high yeah. risk place would be even more high risk because let's say you're like, yeah, guys, I have a timing. I'm going to sneak out and then you die and then they pick your smoke mollow and then they, yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I didn't that's think my, that's my, that's my thinking. Yeah. Okay, so what else have we got going on at the moment? Uh, what about the kill rewards of things like the CZ and the, and the AWP? Um, Do we still think they should only be $100? I think the CZ definitely doesn't deserve to be $100 now. Like there is nothing. It's 24 bullets is all it has. Yeah, it's kind of. There's no point to it. It's not overpowered now. It's just like one of the guns. I even saw like EG using a bunch of the 5.7 on CT sides. Yeah. Uh, worked out kind of well really in some nice situations. <laughs> in, some, in some others, not so much, but it, it's kind of a weird uh, weapon with a headshot, that, like insta headshot kill. So I yeah. don't know. I also like CC is like this weapon where you like when you want to run someone down, like. For example, train lower, you play close, and you hear them for utility. You, you just run in and kill one, and you just die or something. But five seven should. I also like. I think only ten is using CZ in our team. I think the rest is using Tech Nine Five Seven. If I, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think, are there any other weapons that aren't hugely viable? P2K is not used that often, but yeah, yeah it's, not, it's just because of, some people. Yeah, do some just, to be yeah. honest, like the P2000 isn't like even if you look at the numbers. It's, it's not better. Than it's better. Think. Yeah, it's yeah. better. Maybe the the recoil is kind of different, where the way it goes up and down between, like when you shoot like two or three bullets, but yeah. it, it should be better because it has one more bullet. The, the, all of the other stuff is more or less the same uh, compared to the USB. So that's it, that's why I don't see Valve changing it because it's kind of the Krieg situation where on paper this this gun is not <laughs> inferior to the USB. So why would we why would we buff it, right? True. That's uh, just the that's just the silenced part that uh, makes the difference, really. Well, it's so much more crispy when you get a kill with that silenced USP. The head just uh. explodes like a watermelon. <laughs> it gives you a very nice feeling. 
The uh, other thing I didn't understand why they changed the uh, Negev, but not the M249. It's like, I don't know. It still costs like so much, but like no one would ever buy it. I'm glad. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I'm so glad. Like, we, I, I, I like the way that Counter Strike's gone. It's obviously a lot more versatile. It means that we can look into certain buys and preferences and talk about those things and the decisions on a micro level when you're going into those scenarios, uh, depending on what you think you'll be fighting on the other side. I think that's also really cool, but I don't want to see like some dude with a fucking. Oh. Machine guns in oh. top banana, loading them into the wall. Actually, I remember we, we tested as well with this bomb top and vertigo that uh, you know you can get stuck on the the bridge where you drop down mm -hmm. in this one pixel. If you do the same there and you jump on your teammate with the bomb on top of your head, oh fuck, now we'll fuck every face at lobby. Ah, forget <laughs> it. No. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. forgot what I said, guys. Oh, 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 oh dear. All right. Well, someone try that and do a video oh. and let us know. Uh, see if you can make that magic okay. happen. That was actually not good. Ah, it's all right. <laughs> now maybe they'll fix it. Well, maybe let's they'll let's fix put it. this in order. The, the what we have: uh, bomb drop mechanics, left click flash, no noise, multiple consistency, he fix, and a burst move, buff burst mode. That's what we have. I, I think that the bomb drop one for me stands out because I can't understand why it does what it does, right? Like I can't think of a single, whereas the Molotov one, I could make an argument for it, right? I could make an argument as to why Molotovs and, and that kind of stuff aren't consistent. Um, it's a bad argument, but it's like, it's it's an argument. Whereas the bomb one, I, I really am struggling to think why. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Oh, it's the simplest. I agree as well. Oh, we lost Striker. Fucking hell, everything's going off here. At least well, I didn't get fully disconnected. No, you just lagged. Striker just went all the way out. Well, that's that's all right. So okay. that's a win. That's a win in my book. So what do we put? Oh, actually, all actually, the flushes. What I also should add is just the. I think everyone's using it anyway. The jump throw feature in the game. Just add it in the game. I mean, dude, I can't believe I had to argue with pros on Twitter about that back when I was playing, and then it came in anyway. And I was like, for fuck's sake. Like I, I argued with like JW and Flush and all those guys on Twitter back in the day and they're like, Oh, there's less skill. I'm like, dude, we can do much better executes. It makes everything cool. Like it makes it it's not everything it's cool. Creative. What am I, twelve? Yeah, it makes it gives you actually more options. Yeah. So you think they should just have a like you just bind a key jump throw? Yeah. I mean everyone I is using it anyway, so why not just put it into the game? I, I mean, think that's I, actually smart. I even have like a binding for double click release, so it goes always at the it's consistent. Mm -hmm. And some people even use W jump throw bindings, like yeah. So, well, you're not meant to use the alias things, right? But I'm sure. Oh, no, you can are. you can do it without alias. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I've written a config, so <laughs> I'm probably a bit behind there. Yeah, that one right there. It, it took like half a year to convince my team to use my binding over their alias binding. Peace. Okay. Well, <laughs> will everyone get Crystal's config? Go and download it. I think that number two potentially could be the left click flash no noise. I think that I think that that right there is is probably a big one from a tactical standpoint. Yeah. I don't um, know how it would play out, but it was yeah. It, I I think it is a problem as like now the fact that you can't like you have to be super careful about the way you approach situations. I think that there would add in a a, a bit more depth strategically potentially. I would go both ways, T side and CT, because CTs can also do more like uh, place with the. That's flash. true. For me, it's just super they wouldn't weird. Hear it, like no. how often people are just like, "Oh, flash is coming," turning away. Like, yeah. Like, how do you actually flash someone in the? I mean, okay, on my level, yes, but on on the pro level, I feel like ninety percent of the flashes are like super easily dodged. So you have to do like three flashes 
combinations to to actually yeah, just, flash someone. Yeah, or just one bad flash and then a good flash, or that's so shit. You have to throw a or bad Nate flash. To, or Nate the spot where that you want to blind and you will not hear the pin. Yeah, it, I, it just it's 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 a bit more convoluted than I think it has to be, right? Like it, yeah. the, that's the way the game's gone, but it's, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. So what do we want as the third? Um, uh, burst mode. I think that well, would be fun. It would make it would make the well for Famous and yeah, I think I think for the CTs they could definitely use a bit of a buff on the second round of the game. If the Famous had a burst fire viable, then you'd actually be able to use it in long range long range positions like we used to. You'd be able yeah, to that's two A side to pick exactly. Or that's exactly where I was going with it. That used to be <laughs> awesome with and the Famous. sauce. Yeah, it was good. It was sick. So and like yeah. you could play Archside Inferno with it as well. You know, you go for burst instead of having to just like jiggle the whole time. You wouldn't actually mind holding the line and ready to take a fight. You get that first burst off. You can dip back to library, do it again, give you a couple more options there. Because I think like the HE one and the Molotov one, like they obviously have merit. Like they definitely do. But I can, like we were talking about with Nade stuff, Striker. Uh, sorry, Prof. That it might be hard with the engine Difficult. for them to actually yeah, fix yeah. those yeah fuck it throw the burst one there and then i guess we're done aren't we striker's not coming back his internet's probably just fucking died in in uh oh lucas is lagging as well everyone's oh. fucked. so he <laughs> all right it's he germany. lost electricity that's even that's oh, even worse germany is at fault oh wow shit the power's out it's all over all right let's close it down because uh we've gone 20 minutes over here this evenings and uh, we've just finished the list in case you are at home and you uh, missed it. It's bomb drop mechanics number one, left click flash no noise number two, and buff burst mode as number three. Now, I'm going to wind we, this one. Yeah. Can we throw in like a question from the oh, viewers? Oh, of course. Uh, because we have that just to throw in one. There, yeah, go for uh, it. And it's a decent question. Quacky69 asks, what's yours and the team's expectations and ambitions for 2021? Any long-term goals? Um, we set our goal, our first goal is definitely to make it to the major. We are currently rank four, so we have a li little buffer, but uh, we still need to perform at the last arm Ironman event. So that's one goal. And I think everyone's goal is to break into the top 10 next. That should be our next goal. Okay. Where are you guys at the moment with HLTV? I think 17. Uh, yeah, I think. okay. Well, there's, you've obviously a bit of moving and shaking that's going to happen after this Cologne event. I think... Uh, yeah. Mouse spots are going to drop down a little bit. So, and also yeah. at the moment with it being region locked, it's, it's quite difficult as well to really see whether the rankings are truly at. We're kind of living in a very, very weird time, yeah. aren't we? Oh dear. Okay. Um, do you have any other questions there, Prof? There is another one good one yeah. from Yannick. So we can end, end with that. Says, What do you want to be remembered in the CS scene? plans after you retire maybe don't want to throw you into retirement yet but i feel like it's just uh generally <laughs> yeah, no, a good question uh, for people that are a bit more mature that understand like the legacy aspect of everything that I we're think, doing here uh, people will appreciate more of who i was and who what i contributed to cs when i'm not playing anymore i guess uh yeah apart from that i don't really know what my legacy will be like i know that people underestimate me anyway so that's fine for me um after CSGO, I, I was thinking about, uh, I wanted to definitely stay in, in esports, but I, I don't, really don't know what to, what yet. Since I, co I co coached a big academy team, I had had joined this. I like to help others, which I think everyone who knows me can tell that. I just like to, to help others get better. So that would be one option. Would you coach again, yeah? 
yeah, why not? I mean, I have the knowledge. Uh, I, I'm pretty known in the scene. I, I, I think I can definitely make a lot of players and teams better just with what I know or how I approach or my mindset or whatever. Um, yeah. What about the type of work I do? Would you ever consider like going on a desk either in English or in German or something? You obviously do a lot of talking in English um, at the moment. so Yeah, I actually talk more English than German most of the days. <laughs> so I know my English is like, I sometimes miss the words, which I also so do. So do hear. I, dude. I've been yeah, speaking but... it for 31 years. Yeah, and you can hear my uh, German accent, I think, pretty That's much. kind of problem. Yeah, no one cares about that, honestly. Kind of problem? Okay. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't know if I if I can be a good caster, like, screaming around. I would be more like an analyzing type yeah, of caster, I guess. I'm not a caster. I'm a poser. They just put me up there to occasionally, <laughs> you know, have the Australian yeah. accent. But the, the analyst stuff, right? Like, I, yeah, I think this, it's really I like cool. this, yeah. Yeah. This is really cool. Okay. No, apart from that, I, I don't know. Someday find a, a woman to make kids with. I guess. There we go. <laughs> there apart we go. From that, maybe two. I don't know. I get a cat. Swimming pool. Live the two life. Wives. Play Pokemon two, Go two every day. Two wives or two kids? Ah. I understood two wives. Maybe <laughs> it's just me projecting. But <laughs> well, that's uh, that's up to you now. I don't think you can do that in Germany, Prof. I'm not sure about oh. where you're from. Maybe it's maybe it's legal over there. Why, think... why would it be illegal? That doesn't make sense. Well, look, I think you have to be like a Mormon or something. Called People like a... just want to put like barriers and definitions and boxes on everything. Just like let people why. live, love. No. Uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, apart from that, if I'm allowed, I would give a few, five second shout outs to... Of course, go for okay. it. Okay, greetings to my mom. She asked me before because Aww. I told her, also, hallo Mutter, wie geht's? Because she doesn't understand English and I told her it will be in English, so I cannot... She probably is sitting up at the, her computer and like, what is he saying? Okay. So, <laughs> so this I is done it. and uh, yeah, greetings to Sassy MC, Frido and Ivan. That's all Wonderful. All right. Well, that's a perfect yeah. way to uh, to wrap it up there. So first of all, thank you for joining us here this evening. Uh, thank you. Much appreciated. Always to hear from, from players and coaches and get their take on what's going on in the Counter-Strike scene. Uh, we have lost Striker, so he can't say goodbye. <laughs> uh, but Prof, we made it. You lagged a little bit. Normally, it's me who's lagging, but uh, we've, we've made it through the evening. Lucas, you held us all together as per usual. Uh, and we will be back next Monday. It's going to be at a much different time, guys, going forward. Um, We've had some scheduling issues, so we will be doing it at 3 p.m. That's uh, 1500 CEST. I think we're still in summertime at the moment. Uh, for all the Mondays going forward, it'll be at 3 p.m. We have a guest locked in for next Monday as well. Um, you can find all the goodies at anchor.fm slash HLTV, as well as uh, HLTV confirmed on Twitter. And let me just check what this says. Oh, we will be doing a restream uh, of, of it at eight o'clock right at, at 20, 20, 20 hundred what am i saying here at 8 p.m at night two zero 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 right you'll be able to check it out we'll do a rebroadcast of it there so it'll be at the regular time but we will be doing it live uh at 1500 um and yeah that's basically it and for crystal's mum, uh shouldn't <laughs> aber noch and uh, yeah tschüss yeah, goodbye everybody or, yeah as we say in germany hau rein i don't know what that means it sounds good uh, hau rein du schwein you can say that that's like to the pig yeah but it's like Dude, so okay. Yeah, see, see ya, dude. Basically. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. But in a more like chill way, like yeah, whatever. Like when I say Junge. <laughs> Junge, yeah, whole yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Say that as well. Yeah. Well, on that note, everybody, good night, <laughs> and we'll see you in the next yep. episode of HTV Confirmed. Goodbye.